Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to another year of Winnipeg Sports Talk. What is going on? The vibes are high in the peg right now after a sweep of the Minnesota Wild on the weekend, December 30th and December 31st. That's how you finish an incredible um, record-breaking month for the Winnipeg Jets in December and an unbelievable start to the season as we go into tonight's action with the Tampa Bay Lightning in town to take on the Jets for their lone visit of the year. The Jets, 35 games played, 22 wins, 9 losses, 4 overtime losses, 48 points, 1 point back of Colorado Avalanche in the uh, Central Division with two games in hand. Identical record to the Dallas Stars, who uh, have played quite well lately. A 7-2-1 and one just to keep pace with the Winnipeg Jets. All three teams at the top of the Central have been uh, going uh, toe-to-toe right now. And um, the Winnipeg Jets have this one home game and then head out on the road to uh, Southern California and Northern California for the weekend and then back at home for a big homestand starting next week. We'll get into all of it um, because not only was the two big wins on the weekend. But uh, a lot of fallout, as one might have expected, considering the rivalry, the bad blood between these two teams, the memories of Ryan Hartman. And, oh, lo and behold, Ryan Hartman got into it again on the weekend with, um, described by himself to Cole Perfetti, an intentional high stick to the face off of a face-off that incredibly just resulted in Another fine. I believe that's his seventh from NHL player safety. A bit of a joke. We'll get to all of that as we get into the program. Um, we, uh, we're going to welcome in Jeff Hamilton and Mike McIntyre. We'll hear from Rick Bonus, And, of course, we'll get into tonight's tilt, the first of 2024 for the Winnipeg Jets against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful New Year's weekend. Now it's time for the Hockey Club and all of us to get back to business right here on WST. Um, lots to get to with Remus right out of the gate, so we'll get right into that. But do want to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Of course, our friends at Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, the Winnipeg Jets, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Sport Manitoba, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, and Modern Man Barbershop, and we will get into a why not question of the day for our friends at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGilvery. Michael Remus, Happy New Year. How was a few days off for you? Happy New Year. Nice to have a few days off, but uh, I guess as I get older, Hess, for me, New Year's used to be a big event. You know, you get a limo, go to a bar with all your friends. Now, you know, I'm older, got young kids, just a regular night. I was actually uh, editing Connor's episode of Jets Weekly on what day was that on new year's eve uh got, did very well so check it out on our channel uh connor recaps the minnesota games so it was nice to have a couple days off and i'm looking forward to getting back at it in 2024 and we'll see if the jets can silence all of the doubters who think well they fell off uh, a cliff last year you know and when the calendar turned it's the same team uh, they're going to do it again and i think anyone who's watching knows that it's not the same team they have a number of different players on forward, one of them who had a big part of the weekend, especially in the Saturday's game, Nino Niederreiter uh, with multiple goals. So I'm feeling good, Huss. Looking forward to getting back at it um, and looking forward to another week of Jets and some late games. We have love, love the late starts. 
you know what? Listen, I'm going to pull the curtain back here for a minute. And I'm going to give you a lot of credit for coming up with a very happy demeanor heading into the program. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that five minutes ago, Michael Remus admitted to me that he had not been as unhinged about an incident in a game or a particular player, maybe ever, than this continuing saga with Ryan Hartman and the Winnipeg Jets. We all remember in the final game between these two clubs last year, in apparent retaliation for Logan Stanley injuring Kaprizov in what anybody with any sense of um, common sense would realize was just an awkward play that happens at times in hockey and it was an unfortunate injury to Kaprizov. Hartman decided that he'd take a cheap shot at Nikolai Ehlers, which knocked him out for the rest of the regular season and basically all the playoffs. He came back in game five against Vegas. And then in game two yesterday of this uh, weekend series, right off the bat, early in the club, and I thought Dave Manuk did a great job of isolating that and getting that out right away, to which point I retweeted, Hartman is such a rat. Um, I, I mean, as, as egregious a high stick uh, that, that you'll see that was somehow missed on the ice. But I'm even more choked that, you know, listen, I know there's been a ton of bitching and complaining from Minnesota, and I get it. You know, one of your top players is out. The Brandon Dillon play against Kaprizov happens 30 times a game on both sides. I mean, for people to be saying, oh, Dillon should be suspended. Listen, if you're suspending for that, you're going to basically be playing with short rosters and barely any defensemen because that happens all. This business with Hartman yesterday, Remo, was a completely, or a Sunday, I guess, a completely different story. And credit to Cole Perfetti for sort of laughing it off and taking the win and the two points and saying, see you later and enjoy battling for a wild card spot. Um, but I don't blame you or a lot of Jet fans for being pretty pissed off about that particular incident uh, as much as many of the things the Wild have done to this club over the last number of years. Look, I could spend the whole show talking about this Ryan Hartman. I feel like he's like a heel in wrestling. You just can't stand the guy. But in, he's actually not a good guy, according, contrary to what Cole Perfetti said in his surprisingly very calm media availability today. But I think we should recognize the Jets' back-to-back -back wins sweeping Minnesota. Yes. Um, we don't need to – I don't want to focus – you know, I do want to focus on, on that. But, I mean, they <laughs> beat them twice, really knocked them down in the standings. They're 16, 15, and 4. And I think we need to celebrate the Winnipeg Jets having, as you said, the best record after 35 games, 22, 9, and 4. 10, 1, and 2 in December with losses to – overtime losses to Montreal, Chicago – and uh, San Ho another loss to San Jose as well. So not exactly the cream of the crop. 25 straight games, Huss, of allowing three or less goals. And, you know, they were pretty good defensively last year, but it was scoring. And if the top guys weren't going, they weren't getting it from elsewhere. And you certainly saw it on the weekend. How about Dominic Tononato, uh, oh. who's been, you know, he's incredible. He was on uh, Connor's, one of Connor's th third star of the week and the hardest working Jet uh, the what game-winning goal on Sunday, insurance marker on Saturday. And check out this picture, actually, on our Instagram. This was uh, the picture of the goal. I mean, look at this. Like, look at his expression. You know, you think these guys knew how big of a win it was? Here, let me grab it. Sorry, 
know how when they they wanted to beat these guys like Minnesota Jets rivalry it's got to be up there uh for number 1 right now and uh, awesome to see uh, a guy from Minnesota stick it but i mean it's hard to talk about this without talking about the you know rivalry that's going on on the ice like as you said Logan Stanley what I, I joked all last year, gave Kaprizov the bonsai drop. I don't know what Kaprizov's doing. Guy's coming towards him, and he turns his back. And Logan Stanley couldn't adjust quick enough and basically sat on him. Unfortunate, unfortunate injury. And, yeah, Ehlers goes to, you know, he's back-checking. There's nowhere near the puck, and Hartman just takes him out. And Ehlers, what, misses the playoffs, as you said. And, yeah, I mean, Brendan Dillon, he's playing a guy who has the puck. He, yeah, you give him a couple little shoves in the back. It happens every game, Huss. Nothing plays. Sucks. Kaprizov got injured. His his leg, like, buckled awkwardly on that play. It was pretty weird for that soft of a of a cross-check, seemingly. But it sucks. And I don't Are know. You I sure? I, I, you know, according to some people, that was one of the most egregious, vicious attacks we've seen in the game in a long time. <laughs> Like, I can't, yeah, I can't be- believe that. So for him to go up to a guy and just slash him in the face off a of face-off us, I mean, zero respect, clearly zero respect for any player. And, like, although he did it very respectfully, but play the clips from from Perfetti, uh, I'm just so livid over that someone could be that much of, I don't know, like, I want to say cowardly play, like targeting Ehlers, the smallest guy who's just back-checking or slashing Perfetti. In the face of a face off when you're not suspecting. I don't know. Wait, if you're gonna take him out, wait till they have the puck and line him up as part of the game, not just outside. But maybe that's why I'm I don't know, I've never played the game past at the NHL level. So maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, a tough look for the code, gotta tell you. I mean, I thought everything had been taken care of when Lowry had to fight uh, Pat Maroon right off the face off of game number yeah. two. Wasn't that the, the whole point <laughs> of everything? And then two minutes later, Hartman is deliberately high sticking. Cole Perfetti of all guys, the smallest. This is not to you know diminish Cole, what an unbelievable player. But I mean, if we were doing a power poll of the toughest Winnipeg Jets, I think it's safe to say that Cole would be in the bottom half. Um, it's just garbage. And and I mean, this is not the first time this guy's done before. And I mean, let me get to this rap sheet, folks. This is why this business from NHL player safety is so laughable. I mean, they talk about repeat offenders. This is Hartman's seventh fine from the NHL. And I believe he's been suspended twice since April. And then you add into the fact that he told Perfetti to his face while mic'd up. And we'll get to this audio a little later on. That he did it on purpose. And that was for what happened to Kaprizov yesterday. I mean... I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, how that is the uh, just worthy of a fine? No idea. But um I'm sure everybody in chat has their own opinion on how this should be handled on February 2nd, 20th by the Winnipeg Jets. Apparently, and we'll get to Bones as well. He said that, you know, Cole basically didn't mention any of this until well, not only did he go back to the dressing room, get stitched up, return to the game, help the team beat the Wild again. Um, but he didn't mention until after the game. And Bones um, had said that, you know, that probably would have been handled differently. I mean, the bottom line is the best, the best way to stick it to your arch rival is to bring out a broom and sweep them in a two-game series, which is exactly what the Winnipeg Jets did.
But I will say this. Uh, this is far from over between these two hockey teams. And uh, as we get closer to the 20th of February, uh, I have a feeling there'll be plenty more between the uh, between these two clubs. And, I mean, we'll see where they are at that time in the standings. The one thing the Winnipeg Jets did, Reem, and this is what I had said sort of as we got into the weekend on Friday, the Jets have the opportunity to really step on the throat of the Minnesota Wild, and they did exactly that. Wild now a dozen points behind Winnipeg uh, and two very costly losses for them as they uh, – you know, had that great 11-3 and run under uh, ever 11 and three run under John Hines after he took over for the fire Dean Evison. Um, but you know, back-to-back regulation losses hurt. Other teams are winning games. You're losing spots in the standings, and uh, the Wild, after that terrible start to the season, still have to play at a very, very good clip if they want to even be in the postseason tournament. Yeah, let's take a look here at the Central Division standings. Winnipeg Jets and Dallas Stars. You mentioned. They're tied, same record, 22-9-4. That's pretty crazy. And Colorado's played two more games, and they have one more point, 23-11-3. I mean, of all teams, look, Colorado 7-2-1 in their last 10, even if we've been talking about how they're kind of, you know, not that juggernaut they were when they won the Cup. The Jets 7-1-2 in their last 10, and Dallas 7-2-1. So they're all playing. Everyone in the Central is playing very well. Minnesota, they're still 7-3-0 in their last 10, but here they are, uh, seventh now in the division behind St. Louis, behind Arizona, who we're going to see on this road trip, behind Nashville. Now they've played they played some less games than some of those teams, but uh, they needed they needed one of those points. It's a division rival. They could If they would have swept, they would have really uh, gained some ground on the Jets. Uh, they didn't. You know, what they got carried away with, you know, whatever BS uh, was going on off the ice, and they lost, and the Jets were able to have a big comeback there on, on Sunday. What a fun Sunday, Huss. For Minnesota sports fans on New Year's Eve, wasn't it? Uh, you lose the second game of a back-to-back to the Jets, and the Vikings get embarrassed on Sunday night football. So it must have been a wonderful New Year's Eve there in Minneapolis-St. Paul. You know, hey, listen, I mean, that and that is really the funny part of it all, is that there was tons of Jet fans that were at that game. And then a whole bunch of them probably threw their Viking stuff on and went to that game. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, and listen, I am a guy that, uh, I mean, listen, my team is an AFC team, so I don't really have a horse in the NFC. Um, but I would say I cheer for the Vikes. I mean, i got a lot of friends that are Vikings yeah. fans. They're the closest team. I go to games. I mean, if you're going to tell me one team in the NFC was going to have a lot of success, I'd go with Minnesota. Um I wasn't too bad to see them get their asses kicked by the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night because I knew that that would add even more salt into the wounds of uh, of the Wild considering what had happened. I mean, I'll say one thing, Green, we have a legitimate great rivalry now for the Winnipeg Jets. It took a while, um, but this one is it. And I think you can really look at the last, whatever, how since 2011. Mm-hmm. Um this is the most heated rivalry, I think, that we've seen the Jets play in. Um, and it took a little while. Obviously, they did have that playoff series a few years ago. But um, I know the NHL will tell you, well, rivalries only come out of actually playing playoff series. No, they come from um, very questionable actions by players on both teams. And um, it turns into what we've got on the weekend. But uh, bottom line, Jets did what they came out to do, and that is uh, put their foot in the Wilds' throats, win two, and get back to Winnipeg as the uh, hottest team in the National Hockey League over the past two months. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of 
you know, other incidents that come to mind. Maybe people in chat can help me. I remember Josh Morrissey, what cross-checked Eric Stahl in the neck in a playoff game. Um, this is the other one. Oh yeah. Marcus Foligno got fined for what he need going to fight with Adam Lowry and need Lowry in the head as he was getting up, which I don't know why these Minnesota players as can't, you know, hit a jet during play. They always have to do it after like the other time, Marcus Foligno, um, the PLD was in a scrum and just went into the scrum and punched him in the back of the head. Uh, I think that's why it's so baffling. Like he thought these guys had uh, some respect for each other, respect for their opponent, respect for the game, but they don't. And, um, you know, see Ryan Hartman get fined today, $4,427 and eight cents, the maximum allowable under the CBA for high sting for for Fetty. Like why would any player just line up and take, Adras. He's been he's been fined seven times already. Like, why wouldn't you just go and slash a guy in the face instead of going after the puck? Because it seems like that's perfectly allowable by the NHL. Lowry's got a few bigger stones. I mean, um, you know, he goes up against Maroon. He took on Reeves when they uh, threw uh, him out with 30 seconds left in the game. Like the Wild. <laughs> I mean, all I can say, and and I don't think this is like I can't really think of another team. That has really done that. I mean, you know, you have, and certainly the Jets haven't done that before. I mean, the Jets have had issues, you know, with players getting injured due to, you know, borderline stuff, illegal stuff. Um, I, I, I don't remember the Jets at any point taking runs at, you know, smaller skill players on other teams, uh, especially like the way Hartman's done twice now. Um like I'd, I'd love to get a comment from NHL player safety as to whether they knew and had the information that Hartman told Perfetti that was on purpose and that was why that he did it uh, before they sent out the fine. Because, again, this is a guy that's been fined twice in the last year. He's been fined seven times. Um, if you're going to have any credibility whatsoever with saying that you take repeat offenders seriously... You can't be tossing this guy an invoice for four grand and say good luck tonight against Calgary. You know, I was thinking about this. You know, like I've had so many Minnesota fans in my mentions on Twitter. Like, you should see what people <laughs> have been calling me. Um, it's kind of crazy. And like, I don't think the Jets fans or the players they didn't just go after anyone on LA in that last game because Blake Lazat injured Velarde on a questionable play. They just went in and, and beat them. And and Vlari had the mic drop after. And the Jets are playing Anaheim uh, Anaheim uh, this week. And last time they played, it was Ryan Strome who took out Kyle Connor, who you know did skate over the weekend, but still on the same uh, six to eight week timeline for recovery. But I don't like I don't think any any player on the Jets is going to go after an Anaheim Ducks player uh, because of that. And it's just so it's this wild. Um, Jets rivalry that's so heated and like I saw Michael Russo the beat writer for the Wild and the Athletic telling someone to F off on Twitter because what they were calling Caprizov uh, soft or something it's it's spilling over like not just, like we have like Connor put out that uh, that Jets weekly and some wild fan came in the comment section and made a comment that was so out of touch with reality that I didn't even. Was great. I, I just didn't even respond. I didn't respond. <laughs> so, uh, it, I mean, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's giving me uh, some passion uh, for the game. But uh, I don't. 
I just think the the lack of what discipline from player safety it kind of just keeps it going. Like what? So Hartman got suspended a game last year, and Ehlers was out to, until the playoffs, and you know came back at like fifty percent, and now we got fined four K. Like it doesn't do anything. And as you you said it right, I mean. I thought Lowry and Maroon dropping the gloves two seconds in. That was supposed to solve everything, wasn't it? <laughs> Obviously not. I was looking for my copy of the code. I can't find it, but I'm pretty sure from what I remember um, that, yeah, that's supposed to calm the temperatures down and everything. Hey, you know, credit to the Jets, though. Like, they did not run around like a bunch of idiots in that game and get off of their game. Like, I think that's part of the reason why Minnesota's frustrated. They, uh, I mean, the Jets are just better than them this year and right now. Um, and they're better than most of the teams in the National Hockey League right now. And they got a huge test tonight against a team that has been, you know, pretty much the standard for excellence over the past five, six years or one of them. And that, of course, is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but, I mean, the Jets showed a lot of composure. Um, and as much as Bones says, Mal, we didn't know at the time, maybe we wouldn't have been as composed if a guy's doing like that to a player like Cole Perfetti. Um, often victory is the uh, is the uh, is the best dessert to serve um, after something like that. And listen, there were some other things we kind of need to get into more of the games, and we'll do that with Mike, who's going to join us, and we'll talk about it with Hammer as well. Um, you know, the power play was a big part of the uh, of the win on Sunday. Um, and, you know, another great thing that happened on on Saturday um, was the first sellout of the arena. And I know that had been a big topic. I mean, listen, it'll continue to be a big topic because it is very important that, you know, this building has a lot more fans in it than were there at the beginning of the year. And again, this is a Tuesday night in the middle of winter. I'm not sure. Certainly, like the way the team has played, it should be sold out. I'll say that much. Um but it was like Saturday, the crowd was great. Uh, it was so great to see like every single seat in the upper bowl full. Um, and once again, Remo, and again, we'll get to these profetti clips in just a second. Um, like, like this weekend, it wasn't about Gabriel Velarde and Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers. Um, you know, you mentioned Dominic Toninato. I mean, that fourth line, Toninato was out there in the final minute protecting the lead. And he deserved to be out there at that time. Um, and, and Rick Bonus very correctly said, hey, he's a point-of-game player. Been up for three games, got three points, a huge, huge goal. Um, and one of the great stories, you know, as, you know, Kapari's been injured and Kyle Connor has been injured and David Gustafson had to leave the lineup. Um, first it was Axel. Now it's Tony Nato. Guys coming in and making the most of their opportunities. And frankly, on a team as deep as this, um, you better play well. You're in the lineup. And those guys not only played well, they were a real driving force in the wins on the weekend. Yeah, Tonanato, you saw him at the end, as you said, uh, you know, with some big shot blocks protecting that lead on Sunday. Point per game player, uh, one goal to assist. And these guys aren't just scoring, you know, with the seventh goal of a blowout. I mean, they score a nice insurance marker uh, responding to the Wild on Saturday. And the go-ahead goal on Sunday. And, you know, you've seen what Barron won fastest skater last year at the skills competition. Last week at the skills competition, Axel is winning fastest skater. So these guys are skilled guys getting in on the forecheck and help setting the tone. And they've always talked about all the lines uh, looking the same. And Nito Niederreiter is, again, a guy, we talked about how good this addition was, goes to the net, puts in some big goals there on Saturday. 
I know he's second uh, with with Mark Scheifele uh, in goals. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't the top guys on the weekend. It was, you know, the bottom part of the lineup. And the power play is definitely still a concern. You think they have good players, but how about Nemestikov showing how it's done? No more just holding the puck, looking for, you know, the perfect tap-in, just to curls and wires at home. An incredible shot, and you'd like to see more of that. It seemed like they tried to get more shots on net in that Saturday game when they had those power plays, but just uh, couldn't quite uh, beat the wild goalie there. So uh, it's something certainly to figure out. But, hey, if you're having a December hus. 10, 1, and 2, 22, 9, and 4. Uh, it's amazing to think what they could be if they uh, were able to score some of these power play goals. Hey, listen, just before we bring in, uh, we hear from Cole Perfetti. And uh, the guys are going to come up in a couple minutes. And we knew we had a lot to start. A lot to start. Um, have to give a big, big shout out and congratulations to everybody involved with the PWHL. Um, the uh, Professional Women's Hockey League with six original six franchises started out yesterday, a New Year's Day game at the Madame Athletic Center in Toronto. It was New York versus Toronto. Um, New York ended up winning. Um, obviously, this is great for hockey. It is massive for women's hockey, women's sports in general here in Canada and United States, North America. Um and as someone you know has worked in women's hockey before, or, you know putting on that world women's here, I mean, which is something I'm as proud of as almost anything that I've done in my professional career. This is so overdue, um, and man, it was great to see how well it was supported. A full, uh, full barn yesterday. Uh, apparently, they're going to have a full house tonight in Ottawa, which I believe is over eight thousand for the debut of the Ottawa team. But a, a special, I mean, it is Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, you know, of course, Jocelyn LaRock is going to be a big star in that league. And uh, we hope we've tried to get her on today. Um, but there's a bunch of other Manitobans in the league. And the goalies yesterday, I, I'm not sure really people knew this, but Kareen Schroeder, who won and got the first ever PWHL shutout yesterday, is from Elm Creek, Manitoba, and facing her in the other end of the of the barn was uh, Kristen Campbell from Brandon. So um, listen, congratulations to all of the women, um, everyone involved in that league. Um, I know our pal Scooch was uh, helping out with the broadcast um, with Cheryl Powder and uh, Danielle Ponicelli. Um, so we'll have to talk to him about that first game. He was there in the building. Um, but you know, Remo, just as I figured, I knew we were going to get lost in all this wild craziness and you know the game tonight. Um, Important to give a big shout out to uh, to the women uh, for um, a great start to that league and something that I think is going to be uh, be really really influential at lower levels as women's hockey and girls hockey continues to grow. Yeah, historic game. I love how they had it. What January first, um, celebrating a new year and celebrating a new league. And they look they tried to have within multiple leagues, and finally there's one league and it seemed like they have great support from multiple. TV partners, you know, the games are going to be on what TSN, Sportsnet, CBC, and uh, what they had, you know, Billie Jean King doing the ceremonial face-off, and you saw, you know, was watching on TSN on SportsCenter, you know, the excitement of Cheryl Pounder and Tessa Bonham, who kind of paved the way to have, you know, players who've paved the way to have a professional women's league. You're seeing it in soccer and basketball. There's no reason why this couldn't work in hockey, and it seems like they're on uh, the right path here with this new league. Uh, and looking forward to seeing how it does this year. And 
you know, next year uh, as well and years to come. So uh, really exciting stuff uh, yesterday with the uh, what, Pro uh, Women's Hockey League. Yeah, and listen, the, whenever women do things like this, there's always, for whatever reason, there's a bunch of naysayers that want to crap all over it. Those kid people can do their thing, can waste their breath. Um, you know where it matters? Uh, it matters for the athletes, and it matters in the stands. And the people have spoken um, with a sellout crowd last night. The Toronto team's entire season is sold out. Uh, and this turnout tonight in Ottawa, um, it's certainly going to be great. And I, I did see, I think it was James Robinson that said, when's uh, True North getting a PWHL team in Canada Life Centre? Um, I, I have heard nothing about that. Um, but I would imagine that that's a long ways away um, because they've started this league with six teams, two, three teams in Canada, three teams in the United States. Uh, and I don't doubt that there's more talent available um, to make eight teams or 10 teams. Um, but like with anything early on, you have to walk before you can run. I think they're going to make sure that this is economically viable, well-supported, grow it, um, and then move on. And just with the size of our market, I would not think that we'd be at the front of the list um, for a team. I could be wrong. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if you see, you know, maybe next year, ironically, we're talking about our hate and hate on for Minnesota, a Minnesota, the Minnesota team to play here. Um, you know, I, I could see them taking some of these regular season games and showcasing the league in other Canadian markets. Um, so if that happens, we'll be there for it. But, I mean, just a, a really cool moment for women's hockey. Um, and Manitoba, I know the folks at Hockey Manitoba were incredibly proud because, you know, both starting goaltenders being Manitoba natives and Kareen Schroeder getting the shutout against Kristen Campbell for the first day of the PWHL. Um Reem, you know, we tease this. We can get to more of this with Mike because Hammer is ready to go. But you want to just play the, uh, the, the, the maybe the, the money perfetti clip on um, the sure. heart intentions. I sort of teased that yeah. enough. I think people will go crazy if, uh, if we don't get sure, that. Sure, we'll uh, play this. This in. is, uh, I guess, Mike asked Cole Perfetti if Ryan Harbin made his intentions clear before the slash and. This is what uh, very, very calm Cole Perfetti had to say. I'm really shocked at his demeanor because I would have been cutting a WWE-style promo if I was him. But anyways, that's about me. Let's, let's play Cole. He made it pretty obvious, you know. He did it in a, I mean, he said it in kind of a respectful way. Like, I mean, he said no, uh, no disrespect, no, nothing against you. Just, you know, had to happen. Some, some, something had to happen against... You know what for, for what happened to Kaprizov there? I mean, he's obviously going to be out for a little bit, and you know, I don't think Dilly was trying to hurt him. I think he was just playing heavy, and that's just you know that play happens. I, you know, he wasn't. I don't think trying to be a, you know, a bad guy. I think he was just you know, that's what he thought he needed to do to get back at us, um, and that's what he chose to do. Um, you know, I was saying to a couple of guys like, lucky it wasn't like a cheap shot hit or. A, you know, from behind or to the head or something that could have been serious. Luckily, it was just a couple stitches. And, um, I mean, kind of a weird thing to come out and admit it that, you know, he uh, blatantly said that, you know, it was for what happened. Well, I didn't even do anything in the play. I had nothing to do with it. And, I mean, hey, whatever. It's all good. Well, there's Perfetti taking the high road. 
Um, yeah, it, believe me, you would not find Ryan Hartman doing that to Brendan Dillon. I can assure you <laughs> of that. Um, we're gonna we'll have more from Perfetti and Mike McIntyre's coming up. Jeff Hamilton's first up. What a way to start off 2024 with the hammer. Um, but hey, folks, I mean, we've talked about how this team has been playing. And there's more than 500 of you in here. By the way, hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Simple. You just press that button. We'll have your WST latest uh, for you in your YouTube feed if you can't join us live. Um, but one more game this week at home, and then it's on the road. Um, what better way to kick off the new year than getting down to Canada Life Center and uh, taking in two of the best teams in the league in uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they do have four, six, eight game packs. If uh, you've now sort of been convinced, you've been turned around and... Uh, want to make it more like Saturday's sold-out crowd. Um, you've got tonight, four big games next week, uh, Columbus, Chicago, Philly, and then the Islanders the following Tuesday. Um, but they still do have some New Year's deals going on with a couple tickets and a toque for a selected games. Check that out. Go to winnipegjets.com slash tickets to count your yourself in for the hottest team in the National Hockey League. Uh, hey, also want to give a shout-out to our friends at Canadian Club. It was a great new year, and now we move into the new year and get ready for bomber season. Of course, Canadian Club is a big sponsor and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts for all the Canadian Club favorites, including original 100% rye CC Classic 12-year-old. And, of course, limited co uh, limited um, supplies remaining of the CC Invitation Series 15-year-old Sherry Cask. The signature classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging and Oloroso sherry casks. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness of sweetness of sherry available now at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Well, we're into January. Donnie and the gang had those great deals on booster cables and an ice fishing package over the course of Boxing Day and into the new year. Right now, though, things are going to get real when it comes to this winter. The holidays are over. And you know that these next two months are the toughest when it comes to winter weather. Do not be that guy on the side of the road calling your buddy for a boost. Or um, you've got to make sure that you don't need those booster cables and that your battery can handle it. You can pop by Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue for a free battery test to see where you're at. Or just simply get the best price in town on any battery, period. Prices beating the pants off the big box stores with the best service in town because Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you anywhere inside the perimeter for free on any purchase over 60 bucks. It's just that easy. Get on over to manitobabattery.com to order or pick up the phone and give them a call at 783-8787. And don't forget their winter-ready deals are still on right now. And hey, new year, new look, new you. Maybe you pop down to Modern Man Barber Shop and get a new look for 2024. Modern Man has eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. They've got you covered, fellas, with haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look via modernmanbarber.com. And uh, make sure to give them a follow on Instagram as well at Modern Man Barber Shops. All right, let's get into the new year with our old pal Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. Hammer, what's up? How was, uh, how was your weekend? How was the New Year's? Last, the weekend was great. Uh, took full advantage of the three-day long weekend. Um, 
finished up our fantasy in third place. So I got my money back a little bit of a, you know, silver lining to my loss to you. I'm curious on how you did this weekend. Uh, but yeah, overall, man, pretty good. It still feels like winter hasn't, you know, Winnipeg hasn't exactly invited winter to town. So it's been nice to kind of take advantage yeah. of this beautiful weather. So I can, you know, definitely not as good as the Winnipeg jets are doing right now, but you know, maybe, maybe a shade or two, a little under that, but still pretty well, man. Yeah, just quick note on that. Uh, my luck ran out. I had, and I, I talked about this before. I mean, to go six and zero in fantasy is unlikely on any week. To do it twice in a row is almost impossible. So I was expecting that my luck would sort of run out. It didn't entirely. Won a couple of the finals, uh, but yeah, I got sort of. I didn't get run over by uh, by Achenek, Mister Josh Frey Sam. But congratulations go to Josh. He's uh, we're getting he's going to come on the show next week. He'll be able to do a bit of a victory lap, and we'll talk yeah, some nice. NFL getting into playoffs. Um, but uh, he does know his stuff, man. He does know NFL. Like he breathes it, eats and breathes it. So uh, oh, congrats on him. Th- listen, there's a lot of people do. I mean, we've got someone on the other side of the microphone that is still irate that he had the most points all season long, managed to lose that one game in the, in the semi, and then got Harrison Butkerd. What was it? Twenty five points by the yeah, kicker, and he yeah, lost. Yeah, and more. I'm sorry, Remo. I didn't reply to you. I so mad. That, I, I figured I'd let that laundry that that laundry just air itself out and uh, it's you fair. Know, go for it. I mean, I didn't. You know, I I wanted to say sorry, but then I looked at my score. I put up 180 this week. That would have would have carried me through to a championship, as I predicted earlier in the season. And uh, you know, so it's it's fantasy football, man. It's impossible to predict what happens and. You know, I've been, I think we've all been screwed by a kicker before. It was nice to be on the winning side of one for once. Yeah. I mean, that was the same reason why I didn't text you after beating you by 60 last week in the semis. I just wanted to sort of leave it. Uh, Wait, wait, wait for the show to talk about it. Uh, But yeah, congratulations to Josh. Josh's debut on WST will be next week. And I'll get to ask him, you know, this is just a quick aside. His name was Achenek on, uh, on it. uh, And he uses the Cam Newton font. If you recall, have you ever seen Cam Newton do his tweets and it's in that weird. That the only weird reason I even know font? about it is because of the recent messing around with who was he messing around with recently? He was Cam tied Newton? up. Cam Newton was tied up in a, in a, in some drama this past weekend for, or I, I saw it on social media this past weekend for messaging somebody. I forget who it is, a, a star in the NFL, but it wasn't him. It was somebody else who was catfishing him and he had to come <laughs> out. But, but in, but in the, but in the effort to catfish him, he uh, he used some of those wonky symbols. So now that you're mentioning it right now, I, I'm starting <laughs> to clue in because my when I was reading this thing, I was like, wasn't your first thought like this is a lunatic? But now that you're <laughs> now that you're you're catching me up to speed here that he actually uses that font quite often, then uh, now I feel like I'm now now it's all starting to make way more sense. Yeah, that is uh, that that's Cam Newton's thing, and he's always used that. And the first thing I saw, I'm like, hmm, Josh is. Going with the Cam Newton style font. Interesting move. Maybe he's a big Cam Newton guy. We'll never know. Um, let's get to some hockey though. And I, I got to tell you, um, I mean, you know me. I mean, this has been a fun, fun first half of the season. I know we're not quite yet at the first uh, half mark, but man, as we get in here and do this first show of the year, we got all this hate on with the Wild, which is fun to talk about. But big picture, Jeff. I mean, to think that the Jets are where they are right now, coming off the best month this team and franchise, I believe, has ever had. Um, 
there's a lot of credit to be doled out, but um, it, it, it is one of those things where it takes a long time because this is a team that is not being carried by one or two players. It's a team that's getting contributions from every single guy in the lineup, from the coaching staff, the organization, and uh, it's all kind of clicking in a way that I think is legitimately exciting to anybody with skin in the game when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you're absolutely correct. You're getting you're getting contributions from all you know up and down the depth chart. If you look at those two games against the Wild, we talked about this last week that these you know the the Wild weren't pushovers, right? They just you know we we were talking about how great it was that the Winnipeg Jets rallied to beat a you know a great Boston Bruins team. Well, the Wild had done it twice that week, sandwiched between the the uh, the Winnipeg's uh, Winnipeg's victory over the Bruins, and so you knew they were going to be a tall test, and just to see their resiliency. Us. It's just, you know, it's incredibly impressive. And, you know, we, we've done the comparisons. You've done the comparisons. I've done the comparisons of, uh, you know, everyone who, who covers this team has done the comparisons between last year and this year. And it's just this, this group is just proving over and over again that they're nothing like last season, even though they have a lot of the same bodies. And you look at the consistent way in which they play, and, you know, we, uh, you can look at specific areas of, of, of the roster, the goaltending you know, um, is incredible. The defense is is certainly playing, you know, living, is exceeding, I think, a lot of people's expectations. The Winnipeg Jets being the, you know, allowing the second fewest goals in the National Hockey League. I wonder when that was the last time that happened. Um, you look at the, you know, the, the, the contributions up front. If, you know, I, I, you know, obviously the Jets would want to get that power play going. It was nice to, you know, get one on the man advantage against the Wild, uh, um, you know, on New Year's Eve. But, you know, just their five-on-five play. I mean, comp- you know, all areas. I mean, but, but it's really their brand. It's the style in which they're playing. It's, it looks, it looks and feels like playoff hockey and I'm, and not in, not in the way that, you know, guys are going balls to the wall, you know, right. You know, eventually going to run out of energy by mid March. It's, it's structured five on five hockey and a blueprint that they've not just, you know, adapted to, they've completely bought into it. And you're seeing it, you're seeing it night in and night out. You're seeing, you know, them do what, Teams used to do to them where it would be waiting out and and playing that consistent style, trusting that that brand of hockey and then getting rewarded for it. And, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of credit to to, to Rick Bonus, but, um, you know, the players are are, are are answering the bell, if you will. And I mean, you, you look at you look at the coaching again and, and you know, you look at last at, at that three two win against against the Wild. You know, you had, you'd already talked about Dominique Toninato and, and his contribution late in that game. How you know, obviously the game-winning goal, how meaningful it was. But the fact that he was out there at the end of the game defending a one-goal lead is exactly the leadership that this team needs from their coaching staff. Those guys, you know, in the fourth line, need to know that if they're playing the way that they're expected to be playing, and and are, and and you know that they're going to be rewarded for it. And I think that's the that's the thing that I. I think I personally appreciate most about Rick Bonus and what he brings to the team is he's he's not just acknowledging and rewarding guys because he feels like he needs to give them a cookie to play better. That's the best way you're going to win the game. You, he can identify who is playing the best hockey at what point in the game, and he has no problem, you know, if you're on the fourth line or on the first line to throw you out there in key situations. And, and that's just all wrapped up in confidence you know it's a broad term but that's exactly what you're seeing with this team you're seeing the confidence in in execution you're seeing the confidence in you know the way they interact with media and 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 you know talk about difficult things post game it's like you you can tell that 
things are lighter. And when things are lighter from winning, um, you can, you, you, it's just a better feeling, better vibes. And so the energy around this team is, is certainly something um, that, that, you know, is, is clearly amongst the best in this, uh, in the NHL, but, you know, it must be something great for fans to be able to see this team and know, um, or at least trust that night in and night out, that same looking team is going to show up. And that's the kind of brand of hockey you need to play to be successful in the playoffs. And we're seeing it right now with the Winnipeg Jets through almost a you know first half of the season here. Well, and, and um, I mean, you kind of laid it out, but I mean, this is um, everyone is pulling on the same rope and, you know, they've been doing it, buying into a style of play that has certainly produced tons of offense but has made this the most defensively responsible and tight team we've seen ever. Um, it, as of today, the last time the Jets gave up more than three goals in a game was two months ago. Against 25 the Vegas, games or what? Against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, uh, in that 5-2 loss in Vegas on November, November 2nd. And since then, um, it's been two or three... Um, and they've been the hottest team in the NHL since the 4th of November as well. But these goaltending numbers for December are our next level. Hellebuck, seven wins, no regulation losses, two OT losses, a 188 goals against average, and a 934 save percentage. LB, three and one, a 1.7 goals against average, a 946 save percentage. And I'm sure both of those guys would be the first to tell you that every player in that dressing room has had a big hand in doing what they're doing defensively. And um, I mean, I know Bones at this point of the season doesn't want to get too high, um, but he's got to be incredibly, incredibly happy with the way his team looks right now um, and how they're buying in. And it seems like, you know, this process of bonus taking over last year and trying to instill some changes, many of them sort of happened. A lot fell off the rails. A lot of it came down to the personality of the team, I think. And, you know, I, I jokingly put out a, a, a Happy New Year tweet to everyone, but especially Captain Adam Lowry. And I thought about, you know, Lowry's year of 2023. I mean, he came in. I believe I'm getting the timing right in the midst of that 20 goal scoring drought. And there was a lot of people that were saying, oh, this guy's not even can't play in the top nine. Um, you know, was dragging the team down. If you look back at what got this team to the playoffs, um, Connor Hellebuck obviously played a ton and was great. I'm not sure there was a more impactful player for the Winnipeg Jets through the last 20 of the season last year to get the team in than Adam Lowry. And then the effects of him taking over the captaincy. And being that leader in the room. And we showed it again two seconds into the game on Sunday against the Wild, Jeff. Um, what a year it's been for Lowry. And, and, and looking back, and I mean, we spent a ton of time here saying, do you go with Morrissey? Do you go with Lowry? And this is no shot to Josh. He's playing at an incredibly elite level. Adam Lowry's proven them right every single day with what he's doing right now. And um, I'm not sure we can overstate the effect of him as a player in the lineup, but also as a captain and what that has done to this team overall. Well, and even if you want to go all the way back to the first half of, of last season, as you, as you mentioned, Huss, where he wasn't, well, he was awful offensively. I just, you know, he was, he couldn't he had a good he start and then just went ice just, cold for like 25 yeah, games. Couldn't, couldn't score if his life depended on it. It was just, you know, it was a bad stretch, but during that stretch, 
he knew and understood that he wasn't playing well. It wasn't like he he you know it wasn't like he was wearing it every day, but he was understanding that he needed to be better. I mean, he's the kind of guy when you talk about accountability, Adam Lowry is is the epitome of of, of accountability with his team, and it makes him the perfect person to wear that captaincy because you know he brings a lot to the team. Of course, he brings you know that you know that offensive upside to a certain degree i mean you know no one's asking him to be leading this team or be the top 5 scorer on this team but you know as a guy who's centering the third line he needs to chip in offensively he's he's done that um and continued to do that since getting out of that funk um but he just brings a he just brings a certain personality and levity almost to the locker room like he just you know he's a guy that we had this conversation before i mean back when you know, obviously the Winnipeg Jets didn't have a, didn't have a captain last season, and and as we neared towards the end, the conversation of the year, the conversation started to be, well, who's going to be the next captain? As you mentioned, it was you know a lot of people. I think most people thought Josh Morrissey would be the guy, and then there were you know another sector of people who felt Adam Lowry because of the way he you know the way he pretty much represented Winnipeg and the style in which he plays, and just the kind of person that. Have fans have come to to know him, you know, would be another you know great option. But the the hit was that he was going to be a fourth liner, that you know he he was only going down. Well, he seems to only be getting better. And the reality is, is the players inside that locker room had a completely different perspective. Now, again, no disrespect to Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey is a terrific member of this team and a and a crucial part. Um, you know, certainly you could argue a more important part than Adam Lowry when it comes to you know to to his you know his role and his you know what he needs to do every day and, and what the, the expectations of him are every day. But everybody in that locker room talked about Adam Lowry being the slam dunk captain. And, you know, it was for various reasons. It was for his willingness to do what we saw at the beginning of that Minnesota wild game on new year's Eve. It's his, it's his willingness to do that, whether it's at the start of the game or at the end of the game, he always has his, always has his teammates back. It's his, you know, it's just his ability to kind of be friends with everybody in the locker room. I mean, the jets, yes, we're seeing now that they're at, a tight locker room, but not everybody is, is buddy, buddy on a, on a team. And there's different, you know, different parts of teams, whether, you know, different, whether you're at the top of the depth chart or the bottom, there's just, there was a different feeling to it. And you, you can just tell that Adam Lowry's, um, you know, role now is, you know, with the C to have that voice, to have a bigger voice is bringing everybody together. And and with guys like Rick bonus and rewarding, you know, players for playing well, you're, you're starting to see this, you know, a really cohesive culture where, you know, guys are rooting each other on and, and there's a really healthy competition um, to succeed. And then again, you add the commitment to the, the way they're playing, the blueprint, knowing that you that if you can limit the number of goals in your net, your natural offensive abilities on more nights than not are going to get you through games. And, and, and again, I think we're just seeing all these different things that that needed improvements, you know, various levels of improvements all improved this season. And we're, we're seeing really the potential. I think a lot of people felt with this team on paper come through on the ice through again, the first half of the year of the season. You know, it, it it's funny looking back through the year and we sort of did that. We uh, put together, by the way, if you, if you haven't seen it, it's on the YouTube channel. When you're finished watching this, get over, obviously Connor's got a great jets this week. Um, but we also did a best of bones where Remus and I played some of his more memorable press conferences and and talked about it. Um, and, and I think about in January, Jeff, I'm pretty sure it was January 30th. The Jets had been struggling. They had lost their first two at home on a short homestand. We're down to nothing. The Boo Birds came out at the arena and... Josh Morrissey, that was the Morrissey game. He basically put the team on his back. I think he scored a couple goals. He was in on all four. They came back and won the game, and 
he did the, you know, like what, you know, kind of get up and. He and was, after, I think he after, swore. Did he swear? Yeah, I believe he did. I believe he mixed one in. Um, and after the game, I mean, I said, like, what are we waiting for? I mean, just put the C on the guy's chest right now. Well, you fast forward that to the, you know, about two months until March. Um, and ironically, right around the time when all that nonsense happened with the Minnesota Wild, but Lowry was scoring again. He was really leading the way. He was incredibly important in a bunch of crucial wins for the Jets. And at that point, we started talking to people. And it was like, wait a second, maybe maybe Adam is the guy. And, and here's the thing, and this gets back to the atmosphere, the way this team is built. Um, I'll just say this. When Blake Leader was the captain, there was a class system in the Winnipeg Jets locker room. There was a Absolutely. bunch of guys that had been around here for a There's long a class time. class system with the coaching staff. Well, it, it, exactly. And you knew that Bones did not want to have that. That was probably the biggest reason why they stripped the captaincy of Blake at the beginning of the year. Um, Adam Lowry was always the guy that was the bridge from the guys up here and everybody else. And And, and when you heard players talk about the way he handled that situation, the way he handled and dealt with all of them. Um, it seemed to be the decision, and listen, it keeps looking better and better every day, and that is not to take anything away from Josh Morrissey because, um, you know, it's almost, I think, better for Josh because he's able to just well, focus I, on being their elite number one defenseman that plays so much each and every day. He's still a valued member of the leadership group, um, but Lowry will do some of that heavy lifting, and there was quite a bit of heavy lifting to do against the Minnesota Wild this weekend. Well, that's what I was going to say about Josh. Um, you know, nobody would deny his meaning to this team. I mean, he's, you know, an incredible leader and uh, voice in that locker room and obviously presence on the ice. But, you know, I think a lot of people, media included, thought that Josh Morrissey kind of was the captain last year because nobody was wearing the C. And then, you know, I'll recall that time in January, that five-game road trip that started, I believe, in Montreal, if I'm correct. Um, I was on that trip and it was a tough loss in Montreal. No one really did anything. So you naturally pick who you think is going to be the captain or who leaders in the locker room. And of course, Josh Morrissey was at the top of that list. And during that five game road trip, it like, you could feel it weighing on him that it wasn't a great road trip for the jets. They, you know, they lost to some teams they, you know, shouldn't have lost to, especially with given how successful they had been up to that point. And you saw the burden of answering questions afterwards. And I'm not saying that media is the end-all, be-all to be a captain, but it's, a, it's an important part of the job. You, you know, it's not just talking to reporters and being that conduit, us being that conduit to fans. It's actually taking accountability for your team's losses. And the reality is, is people take, players take losses differently. Like, some guys are incredibly t- tough they take losses incredibly tough. They wear them. And and so there is a burden to not just having to wear a loss. And I'm not suggesting that Josh Morrissey gets in the locker room and he's, you know, kicking stuff and he's he's totally wearing it. But you could you could feel that angst in him, um, you know, answering questions post-game. And Adam just seems to kind of just roll with the punches with it. And he always was that. And so if I'm if I'm the head coach of this team and I'm picking a captain and I'm trying to evaluate you know, the burdens of the job and who could handle what and whatever. I'm, you know, I'm looking at Adam Lowry who doesn't have a problem standing in front of microphones after a tough loss and giving a, you know, a canned answer or a genuine answer as he often does. Um, you know, whereas I thought it was tough for, for Josh after a stretch to the point where the Jets went as far as to give him a five-day break 
leading up to the all-star break of not talking to media at all. And so, again, I just think that's one of those things that you have to carry. I, I, you know, fans might roll their eyes and be like, ah, who gives a shit about, you know, the media when it comes to being a captain. Actually, but the reality is, is it's not an easy task to come out and, and, and talk on behalf of your team in difficult situations. It's just an added thing to an already tough grind of being an NHL player. And I just, you look at Adam Lowry and whether you mentioned us, and that's what I was alluding to when I said friends with everybody, he is the, he is the guy who can step in front of a, any conflict and, you know, have, have a stock on both sides of the conversation, you know, have that respect from, from players on both sides of the conversation. So, you know, I think he does fit the, fit the bill, you know, exactly right. And, you know, each team needs something different from their captain. I think the Winnipeg Jets just desperately needed a guy to bring a loose but competitive attitude to the rink every every day, like you see with Adam Lowry. And I think with Blake Wheeler, you know, I don't think there is more many more people who are as competitive as Blake Wheeler is, but just the way that, you know, that that you know competitiveness came out of him, I don't think it was as inviting um, as a as an environment as you see with number 17 running the show. Hey, I know we're going to get into this with Mike in uh, just a second, but just on the way out, uh, <laughs> um, listen, the, the wins speak for themselves. I mean, and we'll be talking a lot about the winning the Jets have done lately, but uh, what do you make of some of the nonsense on the weekend between the Jets and the Wild and uh, <laughs> like this business of Hartman with that brutal high stick saying, yeah, yeah, that was on purpose and uh, uh, to a mic'd up Cole Perfetti afterwards. Yeah, you know, listening to to Cole talk to the you know to Mike's questions and and the reporters there, I, you know, I thought it was interesting because you can kind of tell like he's a little bit flabbergasted by the whole thing, right? The you know, but he t- but I think he's kind of gained a little bit of the education of old school hockey, right? Like Hartman didn't go to him and said, you know, tell your tell your teammates that's you know that's for this. It was like, hey man, they get it, you know, like you kind of you kind of got caught in the crosshairs of the code and i know fans don't like the code personally i think they're i like the policing of the game. i don't like what ryan hartman did to to cole perfetti don't get me wrong that that's completely ridiculous there's other ways he's targeted ehlers and perfetti like is I that know. I, I don't know i was trying to find my copy of the code well, earlier looking, it wasn't there but uh, i it, think it, he's looking at a comparable to kaprizov not a comparable to the guy who did something you know or to a guy who's comparable to him right his size and whatever but i thought i mean obviously i'm in the camp that thinks it's a disgusting play you know, ruthless, needless, like, like go finish a hit on Cole Perfetti. You know what I mean? Like, why do you need to, why do you need to stick him in the face, take money out of your wallet, which is kind of ridiculous in and of itself. When you talk about how many times this guy's been suspended and fine, like, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just giving a free pass to a guy like what's $4,700 or whatever it is to a guy, you know, like that's not a deterrent whatsoever. So you got to get that kind of crap out of this game. But at the same time, I think there is a lot of policing. I think it brings drama to games. You know what I mean? Like it brings something more to a game 44 or 43 or whatever in the season uh, you know that you don't that you don't would wouldn't normally get. So I kind of like the underlying stuff. I think the antics need to be held in check. I think the league needs to take a harder stance on some of these things that happen. But there is certainly a part of me that appreciates the code that respects the idea of the you know this being a tough you know violent game and 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 having consequences to certain things. But I just you know I I don't necessarily in, in this case certainly with Cole Perfetti don't agree with how the punishment was doled out because you know you you want while you want the game to be you know physical you want the game to be violent in a lot of ways you also want those those key players to be in the game Cole Perfetti is on the ice is better for this league than off the ice because of some stupid 
um, thing you did, you know, Hartman did to him that, that he didn't even have anything to do with, with the injury. So it's just, it is a lot of nonsense, but at the same time, you know, I think there is something to be said about creating some of that drama for games and, and seeing how things play out. Hammer, always great having you on the program. Here's to a great 2024. Uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, have a great one, guys. Happy New Year and holiday season to uh, to all the watchers as well. It's uh, it's an honor to be your your first interview in, in 2024 and what I'm sure will be many more years to come here, Hudson Remo. So uh, get at it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take it easy, pal. Good stuff. There's Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. Jeff's colleague, Mike McIntyre, coming up in just a second with us. Um, hey, folks, it is, of course... The first week of the new year, and I know many of you are probably working on a few New Year's resolutions, maybe want to get a little healthier. Might I suggest a trip down to Vita Health Fresh Market? You'll find great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. And conveniently, there's six Vita Health locations around in town, or you can shop online at myvita.ca uh, and with home delivery options. Um, in particular, when you're thinking about men's health, Check out Prairie Naturals, Canada's number one line of men's health supplements formulated to help the changing needs of a man's body. It'll help you with prostate health, andropause, low libido, testosterone, stress, male energy, and performance. And it's all there at Vita Health, family-owned and operated since 1936, also carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. A big happy new year to our friends at Wallace & Wallace. Since 1946... They have been the leaders in fencing and overhead doors. You've seen their trucks all around the city, um, especially in the summer months. Um, but right now, much like, you know, your car is going to be tested over these next few months, that's when your overhead garage door is really going to be tested because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace and Wallace. And uh, hey, as we get into the new year, maybe lose a few pounds and then head on over to F Apparel and get looking great in the menswear department for the upcoming year. Of course, they had some great Boxing Day sales, but the great deals are 12 months a year at F Apparel because they've got the best prices on the best-looking custom suits, starting at just 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Head on down to 190 Smith Street and get looking good for 2024. Make an appointment and find out more online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And again, visit them downtown at 190 Smith Street. All right. Oh, we've got a lot to talk about with Mike. <laughs> Big game tonight. Uh, but I have a feeling we've got to, we got to pick apart the weekend sweep of the Minnesota Wild and everything coming afterwards uh, in front of the assembled media. Mike McIntyre on the Jets beat for the Winnipeg Free Press joins us now. Mike, happy new year to you. How are you? I'm doing great, Huss. Happy new year to you and all the uh, viewers and listeners out there. And hey, happy new year to us sports writers who had... Uh, we had a belated Christmas gift tossed our way this morning. I, I must say, I did not expect to go to the rink for morning skate. And I, I figured we might reflect a little bit about uh, what happened between the Jets and the Wild. But I figured most of the focus would be on the Lightning. But of course, uh, Cole Perfetti and 
and his uh, law and order style uh, bombshell, Hugh the Gong, um, the smoking gun, Exhibit A, whatever you want to call it, um, Mike Gate, maybe it'll come to be known around here. Um, seems like we have not heard the last uh, of Ryan Hartman, the Minnesota Wild, and the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, before we get into it too much, uh, I suspect folks out there who are maybe debating buying tickets for an upcoming Jets game, you might want to get out and uh, grab uh, a ticket or two for that February 20th game, uh, which happens to be the next time the Jets will will meet the Minnesota Wild. Cole Perfetti, by the way, was well aware of the next time the Wild are going to face the Jets. Oh, I think uh, pretty much everyone in that locker room um, I, listen, if you've been paying attention to the Winnipeg Jets and watch these games on the weekend, you were looking ahead into the schedule. Okay, when is this team here again? When do these teams play again? And we might have to do a little WST roadie down to the Twin Cities on the sixth, 5th or 6th of April, right at the end of the season as we get ready for some playoff hockey, um, much like many Winnipeggers did on the weekend. Um, well, Mike... You know, I guess we can maybe work backwards on this because, you know, you've just kind of mentioned what Cole Perfetti said for people that are maybe just tuning in uh, late. Um, Cole Perfetti was mic'd up for the game on uh, Sunday. And um, if you've seen right off the high stick, Ryan Hartman with a pretty vicious high stick to the face that cut Cole Perfetti, had to go back in and get stitches, was missed on the ice. Um, Hartman told him that that straight up was retaliation for what happened to Kirill Kaprizov um, at the hands of Brendan Dillon. The thing that I can't get over, Mike, is that what happened with Dillon and Kaprizov happens 30 times a game on both sides. I mean, this was... I mean, listen, I know technically, yes, it is a cross-check, but as I mentioned, that is that is happening on every shift, yeah. pretty much in the National Hockey League. Unfortunate, Kaprizov got hurt. Um, but I mean, to target a player like Perfetti, um, Rick bonus said afterwards that they didn't know that he didn't really tell them that until after the game and the team might've handled things differently. But let me start off with asking you, did NHL player safety know that when they just gave him his seventh fine? Well, so here's the thing that I've come to learn today, Huss NHL player safety they would be aware of the audio and certainly that Ryan Hartman made it pretty clear that this was no accident. However, under terms of, uh, I guess, the collective bargaining agreement in which players agree to be mic'd up, and this is something that's been happening for years, people may say, why are they mic'd up? Well, you've probably seen it on broadcasts. Usually every game, there's a player that's designated as the mic'd up guy. Um, teams use it for their social media. You know, we've seen in the past the Jets get some great content. Still remember the uh, Evgeny Svechnikov one last year. That might have been the the all-timer for a mic'd up player. Uh, Svechnikov was a riot. Um, but under terms apparently of the CBA, when players are mic'd up, there is a, an agreement in place that essentially what you say can't be used against you for disciplinary purposes, which I find really interesting. Um, it would be akin, I guess, and to go to my criminal justice background, it would be like a confession uh, that is obtained 
uh, and and not admissible at the trial, right? Um, now, usually when that happens, it's because police have been found to breach <laughs> breach the rights of an accused. Sorry, we got Piper just popping off here. Um, usually, it's because police have been found to breach the rights. Now, in this case, uh, Cole Perfetti agreed to wear the mic, and maybe most importantly, Ryan Hartman would have known that Cole Perfetti was mic'd up because players on both teams are told ahead of every game who's got the mic, and there's a reason for that. Um, essentially, it's a warning to players like, hey, you might want to watch it in terms of maybe what's said or done. Now, did Ryan Hartman in the heat of the moment forget? Did he just not care? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but he would have been told before the game, I've seen it myself when we're in the Jets room at a morning skate, it's written on the board for all to see players and we, the media, get to see it. Who's wearing the mic that night? So it would have said in the Minnesota dressing room the other day that 91 was mic'd up. Um, but so to answer your original question, Huss, I guess player safety wouldn't have been able to, as much as people are saying, my goodness, he's admitting to a premeditated, essentially an assault is what he's admitting to. Um, we can surmise from the the way the, the CBA is written that they wouldn't have been able to use that against him. Now, I have my doubts as to whether they truly didn't use it against him because the fact they levied a fine, um, that tells me, as soon as I saw that he was fine, that told me, well, they clearly don't believe that was an accident. They clearly believe it was intentional. How do they know it's intentional? Well, there's audio that would confirm that. So did they kind of use it against him, at least with the fine? Maybe. Um, but for those wondering why there's not harsher punishment, if he's flat out saying on tape, I did that on purpose, the NHL would not be allowed to sort of hold that against him in that sense. Well, he just got he just got suspended, albeit it was a joke of a one-game suspension for the cheap shot on Ehlers um, at the end of last season. He's been spent, suspended again since then. Yeah. And this is his seventh fine. But just on that, are you telling me that if some guy was – Let's let's do something a little more nefarious. Um, Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi more esque, sure. Well, well, well. What about this? What about if some guy dropped a racial slur, a homophobic slur on the ice, at a player, and a bunch of guys were pissed off about it? That and he just straight up lied. Oh no, I didn't do that. And oh, you misheard it. And then the tape is there. They wouldn't be able to use that for some sort of discipline on a player. Supposedly. Now, are, is there wiggle room? Is there gray area in that wording? I don't know. I mean, ultimately... The commissioner will have a final a final say yeah. on that, I'd imagine. Well, and here's the other thing. And again, I, I always come back to this when stupid stuff happens on the ice. Where's the NHLPA in all this? We always see the NHLPA stick up for the offender. But it it's like they forget. They also represent the victim in cases. So... In this case, you know, the NHLPA, I assume, would argue, well, no, you can't use that against Ryan Hartman. But the NHLPA also represents Cole Perfetti. And, you know, it just seems like this gets forgotten. And, you know, the David Perron is the most recent example. The NHLPA is fighting tooth and nail for him, kind of overlooking the fact that a guy was, you know, could have been seriously injured on, on the play as a result. And the Perron play, very different circumstances, but... Not unlike Perfetti in that Perfetti was also just an innocent bystander. As he pointed out today, he had nothing to do with the Kaprizov injury. 
I mean, he he, he was just singled out, I guess, because he's, you know, a talented ball forward like Kaprizov, I guess. I, I just don't understand. Look, look, I'm I'm all for the code and I don't mind some of the old school stuff that goes on. Uh, to me, Haas, though, like Middleton fights Dylan. Brendan Dillon, you know, he answers the bell as he should. The code says that Brendan Dillon, you know, shouldn't turtle or skate away. He should answer the bell, and he did. Fast forward to Sunday. Adam Lowry, who had nothing to do with the incident, the code says, I guess, you know, Minnesota knows they got to come out, maybe make a statement in front of their fans, set the tone, all that stuff. Adam Lowry doesn't have to accept that fight, but he does because I think the code says that he should. And good on Adam Lowry, and I've got no issue with that. But at that point, like, how much more now is there unwritten that has to be answered for? And why is why is Cole Perfetti being forced to answer for something that I think you could make the argument there had already been kind of two statements about that whole thing made between Middleton and Maroon, like, so now there's a third one, and and where does it end at that point? I, I just think, you know, Brian Hartman, um, you know, and and he's a guy obviously with a history. I, I just think he, he took things clearly way too far here. Thankfully for Cole Perfetti, it was only a few stitches. But to go back to your original point, Hus, what if Ryan Hartman had poked his eye out? Um, I mean, our, and and then we're talking about you know a serious injury. Um, potential lawsuits, all that. And I don't know your the answer to your question about whether stuff like that could ultimately be used against you if it's ironclad or if there's some gray area. Um, the whole the whole thing is just stupid, uh, but it's also pretty darn spicy. Well, it, it is. And um, listen, as angry as a lot of people are in the chat today, over 600 of them right now, um, you can handle it a little bit better when the team is playing the way they are. And the fact that they brought the brooms out on those guys this weekend, um, there was any question as to whether the jets were going to be able to get across the finish line of the month of December in record fashion. Um, they did it in a, uh, in a very impressive way. And it wasn't relying on Velarde and Shifley and Ehlers. Um, these were full team wins including the Jets' first sellout, which was another great development for uh, for the team and the organization overall, Mike. But, um, I mean, moving away from these particular incidents for a minute, um, I mean, what a, what a month, what a run this team's on. Today it's going to be two months since they, last, uh, since they last gave up more than three goals, and I will touch wood on that because I know there's a hockey game tonight uh, where they would like to keep that streak going. It really is remarkable. And if you had, uh, at the start of December, Huss, if you had run a poll and said, uh, I've looked into my crystal ball and it, it tells me the Jets are only going to lose once in regulation all month. Now take a look at the schedule, folks, and tell me which game is going to be the one they lose in regulation. I'm guessing the San Jose Sharks would not have been at the top of that list. It probably would have been at the bottom of that list. Um, and even that game, you know, the Jets put enough shots and... They got goalied for sure. The power play, as it has so many times, kind of came up empty. But, yeah, the Jets just, you know, I think Sunday was just the latest in a long list of of tests that this team has passed. And, you know, Huss, like, the Jets had every reason to, to be satisfied, if you will. They had already 
taken the front end of the back-to-back. It had already been a tremendous month, no matter what happens Sunday. And then they fall behind 2-1 early in the third period, right? And you figure, okay, you know, that's probably that's probably it. They're, they're content and move on to the next one. Well, no, they, they answer right away with a tying goal and, and then the game-winning goal. And it comes, you know, both those goals come from unlikely sources, unlikely in the sense that the power play finally gets one. And then Dominic Toninato, who's only in the lineup because three other forwards right now are injured. And it just speaks to the depth and, and what this Jets team has really thrived on, especially over the month of December, when, you know, their top scorer, Kyle Connor, has been out and the Jets really haven't missed a beat without him because they're just getting so many contributions. And they are so stingy. As John Cooper told Kenny Weeb earlier this morning, talking about the Jets, um, you know, we better not give up more than a few against this team because we know how difficult it is to score against them, just the way they're playing and their commitment. So, yeah, I think what happened against the Wild this past weekend just reinforced um, why this Jets team is going so well. And I think for maybe the skeptics and the naysayers out there who are looking at previous Jets teams in recent years that started off strong and faded, uh, to me, how these weekend games played out, I think it's just further evidence that this is a different team. Um, the style of hockey they're playing is sustainable, um, and they are all in. And uh, it's infectious the way they're playing. And you know, now they look to obviously kick off January, uh, just like they finished off December. And they'll face a Lightning team, Huss. I don't know if you saw the reports. Tampa may only be playing with 17 skaters tonight. Um, and if they play 18. No matter what, they're only dressing five defensemen. That's all they have on their roster. They are in salary cap hell, and they can't afford to call anyone up right now. They're either playing 13 and five or 12 and five. Um, I would su- suggest the Jets chip some pucks in early and often, and a little ground and pound on the blue liners who are in for a long, long night with only five of them dressed. Yeah, you know, uh, 17 uh, along with uh, Nino Niederreiter in 22 uh, will uh, have a big, big part of that. Just looking at the chat. Hey, Patty Blue, play your own ball. Take a lap. Um, Mike, as far as this uh, this game goes um, tonight, um, I mean, another opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets to sort of build on what they've been doing night after night, after night. And, I mean, I know you brought up the Sharks game because that was the lone regulation loss. I, I, I mean, I thought the Jets played a really strong game in that game. They, they were all over them. I mean, at some point, the other guy stands tall and uh, you have a tough time scoring goals. But what is so impressive about this run, um, including the OT losses to the Habs and Blackhawks, uh, you you know what you're getting from the Winnipeg Jets each and every night. I mean, this is, and there's not even a time, and I will include the 17-18 season. I will include last year, the first half. This team has never even been close to as consistent with what they're doing as they are right now. And, um, you know, it. listen, if you're consistently good, that's a very good thing. Um, Rick Bonus has got to be really pleased right now. And, I, I imagine the biggest challenge for the coaching staff right now is just 
trying to keep this thing going right now. But I, I will say the identity of this team is it's been formed throughout the year is that they're not resting on their laurels. And I thought the third period, as you kind of brought up, the third period battling back to win that game in regulation the way it was, no one would have said a damn thing if they lost that game to Minnesota, considering that the, you know, the month that they'd had. Um, but they're not settling for anything right now. And um, it can't help but be very exciting for Winnipeg Jet fans as they look ahead to this game tonight, the upcoming uh, road trip, and then uh, four more games at home starting next week. Yeah, and there's a lot of excitement around the Jets team, naturally so. You see it at their morning skates. You see it at their practices. Uh, and I'll say this, Huss, there's a lot of joy right now because uh, the dads are in town. The dads and the mentors, they're joining the Jets on the road tomorrow uh, for the um, – I'd say annual, but they don't do it every single year, but they've done several of these dads. They did a mom's trip as well. Um, so no doubt the boys will want to show uh, uh, the old man uh, that, that, that they're playing well. And uh, so I suspect a lot of the dads will, will be here already tonight to see the game. And then they'll join the team on the charter uh, bright and early tomorrow as they, uh, as they head south uh, west. And, you know, they'll get a nice round of golf in on Saturday. They'll get to see, uh, Three games in four days and so the Jets you know have every reason to just try and keep the good times going um, you know I think at this point it's a point of pride uh, that this team isn't taking its foot off the gas they don't want they're, they're as I said they're holding each other accountable you look at the leadership I like Adam Lowry right as I said right off the hop the other day answers the bell with Pat Maroon and then Adam Lowry scores a big first goal to get the Jets back in that game after they gave up the opening goal um, Nino Niederreiter, like this is a guy, get another tremendous weekend. I know he doesn't get an assist on uh, on the Toninato uh, uh, goal, um, but he makes a great play uh, on the entry. And you know, look at look at that that engagement in the third period, him and Zach Bogosian. Uh, and I think this is why the Jets are really making a lot of people notice how they're playing. Like they they're not getting pushed around. Nino Niederreiter goes sort of like a Swiss missile at Zach Bogosian there with a big reverse hit, um, you know, and, and every player feels bigger, right, when you got guys playing that style of hockey. And uh, it, it's certainly impressive to watch. I'm looking forward to tonight, Huss. Uh, as you mentioned, the last two home games, Boston just before the Christmas break and then Minnesota on the weekend, two of the best, if not the best, atmospheres all season down at Canada Life Centre. Also the two biggest crowds. The Jets are playing the kind of hockey that, you know, are obviously getting the fans excited. And, you know, I think the Jets are rewarding their fans and vice versa. And it, it really feels in a lot of ways like old times in terms of the atmosphere at the rink. Well, for sure. I mean, we know like as an organization, there's a lot of work to do. I, I have a feeling like some of these Tuesday games, you know, over the course of homestands still won't be where they want them to be. Um, but I do sincerely hope they've got some people in that office right now working on um, picking up the phones and talking to some local companies about getting on board with season yeah. tickets because right now is the time to do it. This is a uh, th this team has done everything they possibly could to make believers out of fans, to win people back that maybe had been turned off, turned off for whatever reason, um, and they've been doing it night in and night out. And we hope that they'll be able to continue doing it uh, again tonight. No, you mentioned Nino Niederreiter. I did want to bring him up. 
Um, what a, I mean, what a player he is, what an acquisition. The fact that he's re-signed is another great thing moving forward for the Winnipeg Jets. But honestly, Mike, I mean, the stars of the weekend outside of Nino, um, you know, were fourth liners. And the Dominic Toninato story is so interesting. He was sort of a complete afterthought. And one of the other signatures of great teams is that when they lose players, that guys will come in and rise to the occasion. And, I mean, right now the team is playing without Kyle Connor, without Rasmus Kapari, and without David Gustafson, who were all on that opening day lineup. Axel Janssen Fialbi has been phenomenal in his yep. role. Um, and Toninato is just the latest to do it. And as Rick Bonus pointed out after the game in uh, the Twin Cities, he's a point-of-game player right now. And uh, I'm not sure that that lasts. But, man, between scoring that goal and then getting the nod from the coach to be out there in that final minute, making yeah. a big shot block... Um, competition truly does bring out the best in everyone. And I would point to the blue line because I think everybody knew that there was a ton of competition coming in. It looked like Billy Hanela had won that spot at the start of the year. He unfortunately got injured. And, you know, Nate Schmidt and um, Dylan Sandberg have been the number one pairing in the, in the league all season long when it's come to goals against and expected, uh, expected goals against. And who thought Neil Pionk would be part of a pairing that was also on that list this year? And then you combine what Morrissey and DeMello were doing. Like, I, I mean, they are they are giving the coaches the toughest decisions in a good way because there is nobody on this team that's playing their way out of the lineup right now. No, and I'm sure Rick Bonus was, was probably trying to find ways to kind of continue. We saw that little rotation happening with Schmidt and Stanley and Chisholm. The problem is right now is that Nate Schmidt, you know, he's playing really well. That pairing's playing so well. The team's playing so well. You're not going to make a change just for the sake of making a change at this point. And, you know, it goes to the old saying, if it ain't broke, well, it's not broke. So the Jets aren't trying to fix anything at this stage. And as guys get healthy now, if, if, if other guys don't go down with injuries and this team keeps playing the way it is, yeah, there's going to be a major roster crunch, but uh, you know, credit to guys who are getting opportunities like Don and Addo, like Janssen Fialbi, who are absolutely making the most of them. And that fourth line, you know, has been terrific. I thought they were leading the way in a lot of ways over the weekend, as was the Lowry line. And to your point on Nito Niederreiter, I, I was saying this to a few colleagues the other day, Haas. Like, I still don't understand why the Nashville Predators unloaded him for just a second round draft pick he was under contract not just for the rest of last year but for one more year at four everything we've heard about nashville and they brought in you know ryan o'reilly and luke Ken this offseason because they and they they bought out johansson and got rid of duchene they were trying to change the culture everything we know about nino niederreiter is he is absolutely the kind of player who, who raises the culture in a room, who you want to build around. Now, even if the Predators thought that they weren't going to resign him beyond this current year, the fact they traded him to a division rival like the Jets, they did it ahead of the trade deadline last year. So it's not like they waited to the last minute and maybe circled back on teams that got more desperate because maybe they missed out. Um, 
it, it almost felt like the Predators did the Jets a favor, which didn't make much sense and still doesn't make much sense. And, you know, I think the the deal and then re-signing Niederreiter at three more years, but with no change in his AAV, the same $4 million, uh, which the Jets can certainly handle without any problem because the cap's even going up. So it's less of a percentage of the cap going forward. All the guy does is just consistently produce, you know, you can mark him down for 25 goals and 50 plus points, the physicality, the net front presence, the leadership, like the guy checks off so many boxes and the Jets truly are lucky to have him. And, you know, normally a, a, a pre-deadline deal for a guy in exchange for a second round draft pick would probably not appear on a GM's list at the end of his tenure as one of the best moves they ever made. But I think in this case, this will go down as one of Kevin Dayoff's finest moves. There's no doubt about that. I'm speaking of the uh, injury situation. Kyle Connor sighting on Saturday morning at uh, at Canada Life Center. Um, what are you hearing about KFC as well as uh, Billy Hanel? Well, so I think with Kyle and Kapari, Con- yeah, and uh, Kyle Connor, uh, I believe we're now three weeks, two days since he went down there in Anaheim. Twenty three days since the injury. So the timeline was six to eight. Everything I think we're hearing about Kyle Connor would suggest that he's probably on the the early end of that timeline, but I don't believe the timeline has has accelerated at all. That is to say, I wouldn't expect to see Kyle Connor back before we hit the six week mark, but it may be closer to six weeks rather than eight. Now, I guess adding to the intrigue there is the Jets have about a full week off in that six to eight week range because they they'll hit the um, they have the All Star break and the players break in there. Um, and if the Jets are going well and, you know, do you almost err on the side where you wouldn't rush him back? Um, you know, maybe so maybe it ends up being closer to eight weeks once you factor in the break and all that. But it is great news for sure that he's skating us uh, because go back to Gabe Velarde, who was a four to six week timeline. Gabe Velarde ended up being six weeks and a couple days and Gabe Velarde it took him longer to get back on the ice, even with a shorter timeline than Kyle Connor, than it's taken Kyle Connor to get back. Now, they're different injuries, slightly different injuries, but the six to eight would suggest that Kyle Connor's was more serious than Velarde's, and yet here's Kyle Connor back on the ice quicker than Velarde. Um, so maybe the, the long and the short of what I'm saying is when Kyle Connor's back, the hope is that he's got enough time skating that. You know, we saw Gabe Velarde, he admitted that first week or so back was really tough for him. Maybe Kyle Connor can kind of hit the ground running because he'll have a little more runway, if you will, to build himself up for a return that, uh, as I say, the Jets have certainly held the fort down and then some in his absence. Well, and, and, and I mean, I'm just looking at the calendar here, and that injury was three weeks ago Sunday. Yeah. So we're just getting like he was skating before it was even at the three midway weeks. mark. Sure. And if that is the case, I mean, I guess we'll see how things go over the next couple yeah. of weeks. I mean, the good thing is they're certainly not in a position to rush him back. Um, they don't have that need. Um, but the sooner Kyle Connor can get back in the lineup, oh. uh, the better. As far as the Finns, um, 
Billy in and around. I, I would imagine that he's going to get some time to play with the Manitoba Moose. Um, might the same thing happen with Rasmus Kapari on a conditioning snip? Yeah, the only difference is Kapari would have to agree, I believe, on the conditioning stint. Um, uh, but uh, in the case of both guys, like the Jets have no time to practice here over the next week just because of their schedule. Like they're playing busy. They're playing five and seven, which you almost never see at the NHL level. You know, starting this past Saturday, they played Saturday, Sunday, tonight, Thursday, Friday. Five and seven is basically unheard of. And it's going to be six and nine because they play on Sunday. And it's going to be seven and 11 because they play again next Tuesday. They don't have two days off. They don't have two days off until the 14th and 15th of January. So the Jets will, uh, I believe the 10th next Wednesday will be their next practice. That's going to make it difficult for um, Pari, especially, I think, to work his way back in. And again, when you look at how well the fourth line's going, even if Kapari was ready today, Huss, like who are you taking out given how well that fourth line's playing? He may have to just patiently wait his turn in any event because of how well things are going. So, yeah, maybe he agrees to to go get a game or two in with the Moose. Um, you know, that would certainly be ideal. The other thing is the Jets can just straight send him. Forget about conditioning stint. He doesn't require waivers, I believe. Uh, and and as someone who doesn't requ- – and Vili, Vili Hainala doesn't either, right? So would you just straight send – because don't forget, when you're using a conditioning assignment like they did with Declan Chisholm, you still have to account for it on your cap, and you still have to – he's still part of your 23-man roster. Um, and so depending on you know the flexibility that the team maybe wants, would you just straight send, say, Vili to the Manitoba Moose – as opposed to on a conditioning assignment, just send him to the moose with the idea being that he's going to go there to, to, to get his conditioning in. We'll see how it plays out. Um, uh, but yeah, both guys were, were in regular sweaters today. So certainly they're getting a lot closer in terms of taking contact and, and ramping things up. Well, I, I had said, <laughs> I had said last week that we'd put a WST moratorium on talking about for the remainder of 2023 as to what are the lines going to be when Kyle Connor comes back? What about the defense when Billy Hanel is ready to go? It's 2024, so now all that stuff's back on the table. Um, but like I've said beforehand, let me know when the guys are ready, yeah, and we'll see what the situation is because things can change. But for the time being, uh, and specifically to Billy's situation, it really does suck for him. Yes. But you have a hard time making an argument right now to do anything with that blue line considering the results that this team is getting night in and night out. That being said, at some point, they're going to want to have the young man in the lineup and play and see if he can do what he did that apparently won him the job um, going into that final preseason game against the Sens. Yeah, and it's you know one of the storylines for sure of the Jets' season. Yet they've, they've had a few injuries up front for sure. Uh, but in terms of on the blue line, uh, they have stayed, other than Billy's injury right off the hop in camp during the regular season. And, you know, the Jets are blocking a lot of shots. They're playing physical. It's almost been remarkable that this team has, uh, on the back end, has managed to stay as healthy as it has. And uh, as you say, knock on wood, that that, that continues here going forward. Um, Mike, great stuff as always. Um, did you have a good New Year's, though? Did you... Uh... Were you in the Twin Cities and had to like make it back or? 
No, it was not in the Twin Cities. It's, it's actually my uh, my wife is a December 31st New Year's Eve baby. So uh, stayed home uh, here in the Peg, uh, had a nice family uh, gathering uh, for her birthday and uh, rang in the New Year with uh, with her and the kids and the pups. And um, yeah, it was just such a short shot down to the... I know a lot of Winnipeggers certainly made the trip. Tough day, though, if you're a... Uh, a Minnesota sports fan to <laughs> your wild gets swept and then your Vikings, uh, not your personally, the Vikings, but if you're a fan, they're your Vikings get annihilated. Um, yeah, that, that certainly stung. I'm sure for Minnesota sports fans to end the year, the way, uh, the way it did. But well, like I said to Remus there earlier on, I mean, there's a lot of those jet fans that were probably leaving the building, throwing a purple Jersey on and going down yeah. to the uh, thing. But if you didn't, if you weren't a big Viking fan, Considering what happened with Hartman and all that, <laughs> there was ever a time to take a little more joy in the <laughs> result of another non-related uh, game to the National Hockey League. That would have been it with the Packers just sticking it to uh, sticking it to the Vikings uh, to ring in 2024 and end their season. Um, is Piper around? Needless to say, there has been people want to ring in 2024 by Here, saying hello to Piper. Let's see if we can get her over here. Come here, Piper. For you, pod, for you podcast listeners, this is, uh, there's, there's Piper for you, folks. This is her. She just loves this. This was her, one of her Christmas gifts. Uh, and she is Piper obs- emojis in the chat, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> she's obsessed with the bone. Um, a little, she's a little wired for sound right now. She's, she's fired up. All, all the Ryan Hartman talk has got her fired up. Um, but yeah, there you go, folks. Piper wishes you a happy new year. Could not have been more fired up than Remus before the show uh, about all this Ryan Hartman stuff. Um, Mike, happy new year uh, to you and yours. Great stuff. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about this hockey team uh, long, beyond the, uh, long beyond the end of 82. Um, but this is going to be an interesting few weeks with uh, all the other stories around the club. And uh, again, a big road trip with some more wins um, seemingly on the table after this game against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Thanks so much for doing this. You bet. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the week, folks. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. There is Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. All right. We're going to hear more from Cole Perfetti and Bones. So do not go anywhere, folks. Um, But I do want to thank our friends at Royal Sports for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk, Manitoba's number one sports superstore with the biggest and best selection of licensed team gear featuring the Winnipeg Jets with literally thousands of uh, pieces of Jets merchandise, including many exclusives you won't find anywhere else. All the jerseys customized with your favorite players, name and number, bomber gear, NFL, just in time for the playoffs. And and maybe Raptor fans want to get an R.J. Barrett jersey. I saw Ian Vivian mentioning that big trade on the weekend. Yeah, the Canadian coming home to the Raptors. Um, regardless of what your team is, Royal Sports got it. Not to mention being the undisputed hockey heavyweights in town as the number one hockey store for over 40 years. Family owned. It's Royal Sports 750 Pemita. And do follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemita for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And hey, a big shout out to the gang down at Boston Pizza. Uh, last night, there was no Monday Night Football. And that first night of no Monday Night Football is always a tough one. You realize how close we are to the end of the regular season of the National Football League and close to the playoffs. 
But we do have one more big slate of games on the weekend. But in between, there's no better place to watch your Winnipeg Jets outside of Canada Life Center than your local Boston Pizza. We got some late ones Thursday and Friday. Might be a great time to get together with the gang at your local BP. Enjoy those ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, and gourmet pizzas, and more at your local Boston Pizza. You can always get it hot and fast to your door as well by ordering at bostonpizza.com. And, hey, a big shout-out to our friends at Little Brown Jug as well. I uh, did enjoy a couple of generic lagers at the game on the weekend and uh, heading into New Year's. And, of course, Little Brown Jug, now an official partner of the, of the uh, Winnipeg Jets and the Bombers, for that matter. 1919 and generic available at Craft Beer Corner, Section 3, 310 upstairs, 126 downstairs. Get the best in Winnipeg's local beer at Jet Games now with Little Brown Jug. And don't forget, generic on sale now at your local vendor, wherever that sells great beer. $19.99 for the Tall Boy 8-packs of Little Brown Jug generic. All right, let's get Remus in here again. And uh, Reem, what a show to kick off. 2020 or uh, 2024 here. Well over 600 for a good portion of our chat with Mike. And uh, tons of likes, although if you haven't hit the thumbs up already, folks, would love to see us uh, get up to 300 with about 600 people in here. It's literally the easiest thing you can do. Just hit that thumbs up button and uh, help us spread the channel. Yeah, exactly. Tells YouTube, hey, we're putting out some pretty uh, pretty good content here, and maybe it'll show it to some people who don't know what we're doing. I saw one person in here saying, hey, this is great. I'm at work doing nothing, watching you guys. Uh <laughs> And I was like, hey, we're here every day at 1. Uh, could, you can come any day. So this is awesome. Uh, great start to 2024. Uh, we had the Bones Year in Review. Check that on our channel. The Jets Weekly uh, with Connor. That's on our channel too. And now today, talking about Jets Wild. And there is a game tonight at Canada Life Center against Tampa. But you know, we weren't on on the weekend. so And we did have that news today about the fine for Ryan Harbin and then Cole Perfetti coming out and saying he told me he was going to slash me in the face and he did and I think we should congratulate Ryan Hartman Huss for the precision that he used hitting Cole Perfetti and only giving him two stitches on the lip as Cole said it could have been worse he could have had a concussion could have been anything else he could have sticked him in the eye and poked it out he could have done anything but he was just so skilled with that stick slicing him only two stitches you know Morgan Barron got cut with the skate in the playoffs he did what like 90 Stitches. So I think Ryan Hartman, I think we're we're not giving him enough credit for giving, you know, just the appropriate punishment for being on the team that injured uh, Kirill Kaprizov, it's, right? It, it, it's a great point. I mean, you know, we don't talk enough or maybe we get you know spoiled by the skill level in the National mm -hmm. Hockey League today. And um, Ryan, Ryan Hartman has a rat level of 10 and, um, you know, definitely put those skills to use in uh, that high stick to Colbert's face that he owned it um, a little later on. Um, I mean, as I say, we could talk about this for hours right now. And um, I, you know what? Let me put the why not question of the day out to folks right now. How should the Jets go about handling this on the 20th of February? I'm sure there'll be many varying opinions. I am not of the opinion that they just go out and basically pull a wild and take cheap shots at the skilled position players on the, on Minnesota. But I do wonder how this progresses between these two teams. Um, because as Mike said, Cole Perfetti is well aware of February 20th. 
Um, and I wasn't sure whether someone would take a run at Brian Hartman. I was, I'll be honest, I was in the stands. I was sort of hoping to see something uh, go at Hartman on the weekend in the game here in Winnipeg. That didn't happen. The Jets focused on winning the hockey game. Um, but the minute Kaprizov got hurt on what was, as I mentioned, a very innocuous cross-check on the boards that happens 30 times a game, um, you know, they were spitting blood and going back to uh, the old wild playbook of uh, cheap-shotting star players on the other team. So, um, listen, is it unfortunate Kaprizov got hurt? Yeah, it is, for sure. Um, and it was unfortunate with what happened with him and Logan Stanley last year. But I don't think anyone could, you know, look at either of those plays and think that those were delivered attempts to injure. Both of the Ryan Hartman plays were clearly attempts to injure. And frankly, that's why this guy has now been fined seven times by NHL player safety and suspended, I believe, three times. And it should have been a suspension this time if for no other reason to show that they're actually serious about dealing with this stuff more than the joke invoices that get sent out because of the agreement between the NHL and the NHL PA. But uh, why don't we get to the rest of this perfetti? Because there is some good stuff from today. And we played that clip just to kind of get things going in. We will get to Canada and the world junior and a farewell for our great friend, Dennis Bayak. Um, but here's perfetti. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, let's go with number two, uh, right off the bat. This is kind of where it started. Perfetti's reaction to the fine after the morning skate today. Yeah, I mean, uh, Clyde player safety there, and uh, you know the league stepped in and, and did something about that. Um, you know, it didn't feel nice. It was uh, obviously, you know, he knew what he was doing, and hockey happens. It happens fast, and you know the refs. Um, it's tough to get that off the draw. It's quick. Everything happens so quickly. But I'm glad you know the league looked after, and um, you know. I wasn't expecting anything major like a suspension, but it's nice to just see, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, repercussions for that. So, um, yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, face was pretty sore, but it's all good now. Yeah, it just speaks to the level of confidence that players have in player safety, that there was no expectation whatsoever um, of anything that would be done. And the fine seems like a bonus. Um, here's Perfetti with a little bit more uh, reaction to uh, the weekend and the incident. Nothing against him. Like he's obviously a good hockey player, plays in the NHL, and you know he has a role in this league and on his team. And um, you know, obviously, we have a, a good rivalry with them. And um, you know, it's chippy both ways. And you know, he's obviously got a history with our team and, and doing a couple things. And um, you know, nothing against him. He's got a, you know, he's got a role to fill. And um, you know, it sucks when guys get hurt. I mean, you know, he sent fly out last last year for a couple weeks, and um, you know, luckily mine wasn't too too bad. And, um, didn't lose any teeth or anything. It was just, you know, a couple stitches and that was it. But, um, you know, it sucks when, you know, guys are getting hurt on purpose. Um, you know, it's, that, that part's frustrating. But, you know, I understand everything that, you know, game happens fast and there's a role for everything. And, um, you know, they weren't happy with what happened the day before. And, um, you know, he tried to take exceptions into his own hand. That's what he decided to do. Um, you know, he got fined for it. So it's out of my hands now. And, We'll move on. We'll see him in a couple, whenever we play him again later down the road. And, um, you know, we got the last laugh winning both games there. So I'm not too worried about it. There you go. That says it all. The last laugh, putting the foot on the throat of the Minnesota Wild, winning both games on the weekend, extending their lead on the Wild to 12 points in the Central Division. 
heading into the new year. Now, um, we played some of this earlier on. We'll give you this full clip right now, especially for folks that maybe joined a little later on. Um, what we were talking to Mike about, which came about today in this conversation, was that uh, Hartman told Cole Perfetti flat out that what happened to Kaprizov at the hands of Brendan Dillon on Saturday was the reason why he high-sticked him in the face. Here's uh, Perfetti on Hartman making his intentions quite clear. He made it pretty obvious, you know. He did it in a, I mean, he said it in kind of a respectful way, like, I mean, he said, no uh, no disrespect, no, nothing against you, just, you know, had to happen, some, some, something had to happen against, you know, what for, for what happened to Kaprizov there, I mean, he's obviously going to be out for a little bit, and, you know, I don't think Dilly was trying to hurt him, I think he was just playing heavy, and that's just, you know, that play happens, I, you know, he wasn't, I don't think, trying to be a, you know, a bad guy, I think he was just, you know, that's what he thought he needed to do to get back at us, um, and that's what he chose to do. Um, you know, I was saying to a couple of guys, like, lucky it wasn't like a cheap shot hit or, a, you know, from behind or to the head or something that could have been serious. Luckily, it was just a couple stitches. And, um, I mean, kind of a weird thing to come out and admit it that, you know, he uh, blatantly said that, you know, it was for what happened. Well, I didn't even do anything in the play. I had nothing to do with it. And, I mean, hey, whatever. It's all good. All right, so uh, there's uh, Cole Perfetti. Uh, as I said, taking the high road, last laugh for the Jets. Um, but still, I-, I don't know how the refs missed that. Um, here's what Cole Perfetti had to say on uh, there being no call on the play on the ice after the incident. I did ask the refs about it. They said it's uh, it's tough off the draw like because, you know, you're battling like for the faceoff, trying to lift sticks and stuff. Um, it's sometimes tough to, you know, high sticks don't really get called off faceoffs because of, you know, it's, it's flying around. Yeah. And to be fair, like in, in game speed on, on the ice level, I'm sure that looked like a, he's trying to lift my stick and just missed and caught me. But, you know, when you watch the video, it's pretty obvious that the puck was nowhere near. <laughs> my stick was up in the air and his stick was up in the, you know, and he just decided to come up with it. But, um, yeah, I asked the rest about it. There's nothing they could really do. And after the fact, I mean, you know, missed calls happen. That's, that's part of the game. Games happens fast. And especially on the draw like that when we're both fighting for the puck, like, there's nothing the refs could really do there. So not uh, sucks we didn't get a power play out of it, but at the same time, there's nothing the refs could do there. It's a tough call. All right, so there's Cole. No worse for wear. A couple stitches, still pretty, and uh, still in the lineup for the Jets tonight when they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. One more, one more from Perfetti. Here's just Cole on uh, and how he happened to be mic'd up for this game. You were mic'd up too, right? I was, yes. So we caught it all. I was we got say, the whole combo. If, if this went to a court, you got uh, the smoke. Yeah, he gun. wouldn't be doing. Yeah, he, yeah, they wouldn't have much. They, uh, yeah, we. I was mic'd up, so I don't know if he realized that or not. I mean, they're supposed to get notified, but to come out and blatantly say it to the mic, it was. It worked out in our favor. All right, so there's uh, there's everything uh, from Cole Perfetti today. Um, you know, Rick Bonus spoke quickly after the game on Sunday, but um, here's just one quickie from Bones on uh, Sunday on the atmosphere in Minnesota and uh, his team's reaction to, um, well, and performance in uh, getting another big win. What did you think of that? 
I, I love the atmosphere in both rings. Well, I always love the atmosphere here. I love coming in here. There's one of the best rinks in the league to play because of the atmosphere. They've got great fans, and they're a good, hard-working team. So going into both games, you know it was going to be a hard-fought battle. There wasn't much room out there. It's kind of a low event game for a while, but that's the way both teams play. But uh, John's got these guys playing really, really hard. They're tough to play against. All right, there is uh, Bones. We'll have a, just a couple clips from Bones from uh, today in a minute. Loving the chat, though, right now. Um, there is plenty. A BA split. Maybe Dylan can take a face-off on the, on the 20th of February. See how things go. I mean, that, that's, I think, what it, it turns people off, the way, um, you know, just the way that this whole thing has been handled, is that, I mean, right after the Kaprizov incident, Middleton, their biggest dude, goes after Brendan Dillon. He's fair game. He throws down with him. Yesterday, the following game, off the opening faceoff, two seconds into the game, Adam Lowry, the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, has to accept the invitation of Pat Maroon. And then that happened. Like, I would suggest, I don't know the exact time in the game when Cole went out, but I believe that was his first shift of the game. So... I mean, there is some credit to, to to be given to the Winnipeg Jets. And I know there's a lot of people that will be maybe a little more bloodthirsty than others that say whatever about the game. Go out and, you know, don't let that happen to your players. Um, but as you can see from <laughs> Cole Perfetti speaking today, um, they can hack it. They know that it's a tough game. And uh, as Cole just mentioned, Remus, they got the last laugh with those two wins right now. And, um, you know, listen, the Wild are going into a game tonight against the Calgary Flames. We'll get to the cool bet lines in a minute. Um, without Gustafson, who's now week to week. Without Kaprizov, who's out week to week, which is sort of crazy. I mean, like, I, I don't want to diminish anybody's injury. Um, but for a play, as I've mentioned, happens 25, 30 times a game. Uh, I don't know whether he just got him in a really sensitive or vulnerable spot or or what the story was, but it is a little surprising that he's out. Um, but, man, that's a huge loss. They're already without Zuccarello right now. Um, they're going to be taking on a desperate team again in the Calgary Flames tonight. And as we all know, I mean, you look at the, you look at the standings right now. Vegas, L.A., Vancouver, Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas have all really established themselves in the divisional playoff spot. So a game like this tonight for the Wild and the Flames um, is hugely important when you think about the teams that are battling right now to be in one of those two wildcard spots. Yeah, sorry, just getting those bones clipped right now. I can't go back to Perfetti. Can you believe how calm this guy was and be like, yeah, it's just a normal hockey play. A guy taking a stick and two-handing you in the face off a of face-off. Stuff happens, guys. You know, the refs, like, they're doing their best out there, right? I, you know, they're going to miss stuff. It, You know, it's fine. And, like, I can't believe I would be, like, dropping F-bombs, like, live. Like, this guy's so composed. He's like, hey, I'm having a great season. We're battling for first place. It could be worse. And to be fair, yeah, he only got, like, what, like, two stitches? It's not, you know, the 80 that... Baron had, yeah. Uh, so uh, again, it could be way worse. Like, didn't didn't go under the visor. You know, it's just great skill not to go under the visor. It's just a love tap by Hartman on the lip for being on the team that you know injured uh, Kaprizov in a hockey play. At least Kaprizov, you know, he had the puck when he got injured when Logan Stanley sat on him, or 
when Brandon Dillon. It's not like Harbin, you know, when he's going out finding guys who don't have the puck. Pretty pretty easy pickings there, hitting guys who aren't suspecting of of being hit. So as far as the Central, what are we talking about? Central Division, Wild Card, it's going to be interesting who gets well, in there. I'm just saying this game, to, this game tonight for the Wild, the depleted Wild, going up against Calgary. Oh. I mean, that's a massive game between two teams that are battling for one of those Wild Card spots because now I know things can change. Um, but it, it certainly looked like there's a pretty big gap in both divisions between the yeah. three top teams and the teams battling for wildcard spots, which makes this game tonight for both Calgary and Minnesota uh, a huge one on the schedule, even though we're just kicking off the new year. Yeah, sure. Let's take a look at the standings here. Uh, Nashville top at the wild card right now. They've played more games than everyone, though. Uh, Arizona. I'm curious what happens to them. They're an exciting team. We're going to get another look at them. And there's Seattle, who had this magical season last year. They're 7-1-2. and two. They won, shot out Vegas in the Winter Classic yesterday. I'm curious what happens with them. I think they take a bit of a step back, but maybe they can squeak in. I guess Edmonton seems to be surging. They're my, they're my pick uh, to get one of those spots. They're, they're playing well. So Minnesota, I think they're done. This, this sunk them. They, they lost their best player in Kaprizov. They lost their goalie. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be starting. Uh, too bad for them, I guess. A bunch of great guys on the Minnesota Wild, and uh, hopefully for them they can they can get in. Marcus Foligno, just a A plus A plus human. Uh, just Ryan Hartman too. Just a bunch of great guys. Pat Maroon, great guy. So it sucks that such great uh, great humans won't be you know having that shot uh, to play for the Stanley Cup this year on a team you know that just has had so much struggles has getting out of the first round. I don't know since two thousand three. Well, maybe the but, Jets will help them not more- even see the first round tonight. And um, Calgary can do that as well tonight. Just on that, I mean, Minnesota's one game up on 500 after getting uh, back-to-back losses at the hands of the Jets on the weekend. The Flames are one game under 500, um, you know, 35 and 36 points. Edmonton is three games over 500. So they, of the teams that are outside of the wild card, have the best record in the games, number of games that they played. Um, but Arizona's five games up on 500, and Nashville is four right now. Um, so, but the Oilers have won five in a row right now. They kind of had that eight-game heater. They lost three in a row. Now they're back winning. Um, but these should be two desperate teams tonight, and St. Louis is in the middle right there uh, at 18 and 17. Um, all right, listen, we're going to get to – there's a bunch of games tonight. Um, we also got to talk uh, Little World Juniors. Uh, but just as we finish off kind of all this Jet stuff, let's hear from Bones um, because the team is back at it. Don't forget the best of Bones 2023, an enjoyable, enjoyable video for you available on YouTube. When you're finished Winnipeg Sports Talk, go give that a look. Um, but Bones talked about the challenge tonight as the Jets look to uh, open 2024 the way they finished off 2023, and that's winning uh, against a Tampa Bay Lightning team that um, you know is a very very good squad, tons of star power, but in a weird spot roster wise as uh, Mike McIntyre laid out earlier. Yeah, well, they're a great team over there. Clearly, they we win the Stanley Cup a couple of years back to back and th- three years like they're a great team. They've got some elite players, elite goalie, elite forwards, elite defensemen. They're a great hockey team. So uh, we, we have nothing but respect for them. Obviously, Coop does a great job with them. So, uh, yeah, they, they, you've got to be ready when you play these elite teams, and uh, that's on us to make sure we are. 
All right. Uh, Bones also uh, gave a little injury update on Rasmus Kapari and Billy Hainla, who are out there today. Just a... They're getting closer. That's all that means. Uh, and there wasn't going to be any contact out there in morning skate. Had there been a contact drills, uh, Billy probably would have been in the no contact jersey. But Coop is ready for the battles. The problem we're facing now is the schedule and the travel and very. There's no practice time. So what we have to do with both of them is get them out there and, and do as much as we can in the morning skates. Yeah. I'm, did you expect? Kapari maybe back on the road trip or like do you got to wait until maybe the 10th I think is your next practice potentially yeah so why yeah so again we'll just have to see we're gonna have an optional here tomorrow morning and um, we'll work him again we'll work him again on Thursday and it's day to day and we'll see how it how he handles it all and Gus wasn't out there is he what's no. what's the timeline on him now is it uh, he wasn't out there today so I don't know <laughs> No, it's it's going to be, it's a few more days clearly before he even skates. So to clarify, him, did he get hurt in the morning skate in Chicago? He was on the ice in Chicago, right? Yeah. And so was it something he tweaked something during that? No, he just kind of felt it. He, yeah, from the game before. So and he he tried a couple of movements and he it's he felt it. So there's no need to play him. We're not going to play an injured player and risk it going further. Remo, one thing very clear about that is Rick Bonus isn't too stressed about this all because he's got a lineup right now that is uh, doing it night in and night out. And if anything, this stress is going to come from having to make some tough decisions when some of these guys need to get back into the lineup or they feel they need to get them back into the lineup and making those tough decisions like a guy we'll hear about from Bones in just a minute. Yeah, it's really been crazy. Um just how much the lines have stayed the same this year. Usually, you know, they're breaking out the blender, they're switching stuff up, but, I mean, it's just the same that it's always been. Ehlers we don't straight... even talk about them anymore because everyone knows. We ha- Yeah, we haven't even mentioned the lines today. It's just the same. Ehlers, Shaipley, Velarde, Perfetti, Nemesnikov, Ayafalo, Niederreiter, Lowry, Appleton, Barron, Tononato, and Naxel. And defense, Morsi, DeMello, Dylan, Pionk, Sandberg, Schmidt. And we haven't had any changes at all. There's been nothing... Update. There's no like oh speculation. There's maybe a bid when Velarde came back and then Connor got hurt, but those are the two things, and it's been the same. And they've just been rolling and uh, rolling over everyone to the tune of ten, one, and two in December. So no reason to change anything. And I kind of agree. Like I don't really want to. I mean, it's fun to speculate online, but they're playing so well. Like why do we? We'll worry about the lineup changes uh, when they need to happen. And you know, maybe, maybe someone will be hurt then. Maybe something different will happen. But uh, those guys are working their way back. And I think they can take their time and, you know, come back when they're 100%, 100% ready. Because as Rick Bonus said, they don't want to play injured player. these players. These guys are rolling. And one guy who stepped in over the last couple of games is Dominic Toninato, who's point per game player this year, as we've mentioned a couple of times today. Well, hey, you listen, Bones gave him the, gave him the props and, and very deservedly so after the game in Minnesota on New Year's Eve. Uh, Connor gave him the props and the Jets this week is the third star and the hardest working player. And uh, Rick Bonus talked a little about Dominic Toninalo and what he has contributed since returning to the lineup earlier this morning. I, listen, he's a, he's a strong organizational player. He is, and that's why we, we wanted him back in the organization. Uh, he never complains when he gets sent down, and he's one of the hardest workers, and he's a great role model for all the young players when he's playing for the Manitoba Moose. But he's an experienced guy. He knows how to play, and he knows how to stay within his game. He knows what he's good at, and he stays within that game. He plays to his strengths. 
Uh, he's reliable. We had him on the ice at the end of the game because he had won a lot of face-offs. We wanted to send him out there. And he blocked a big shot, so he's doing all the little things that that line needs to do, and it's you know huge that he gets that goal. He he could have won the game in Chicago. He hits the post with five <laughs> five minutes to go, right? So he's had his opportunities. How do players do that? Like the, the knowing your strengths, but also maybe knowing your limitations. Is that is that a um, good quality? He knows what he has to do to help this team win. The, his play, his game. That's why he's here. We don't expect him to try to do too much out there. Just this is what you do well to help us win, and the team comes first, and the winning is all that matters. And he's, he's he buys into that every time he comes up. All right, so there's Rick Bonus from uh, this morning. And we do have one more Bones clip, and this is not related to the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. We're taking it back to last year. Uh, had to get a comment from Rick oh. Bonus on the high stick for uh, high stick for Cole Perfetti. Do we have that one, number seven? Yeah, sorry, you just said last year. You mean last game. Well, I mean last year. It was December 31st, 2023. Oh, Come on, <laughs> sure, sure, okay. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, what? Do I have the wrong clip here? We're going back to the the Hartman hit on Ehlers. Sorry, there's just such a history no. yes. between these no. two teams. Yeah, just last having year. some fun with the turn of okay. the calendar. You got <laughs> all yeah, like way back then. Me. You got me. I thought that I had the wrong clip or I wrote something wrong in the notes. No, okay, you, no, no. You're, you're doing a great job. Heart, I didn't mean like, to screw you up like that. I got my like Garmin like watch on. You can see my heart rate like jump jump up there, being like, "What did I screw up?" Okay, you're just having fun. This, this is bones on. Uh, this is bones on the high stick in Minnesota. Yeah, the penalty would have been nice. Um, yeah, I mean, you sit there and you get caught in saying something like that. Uh, the league is well aware of what happened and why it happened, and that's how they dealt with it. Uh, that decision was made by the league. It wasn't part of the conversation. It wasn't part. Uh, well, they didn't ask me my opinion on it, but that's how the league wants to deal with things like that, and that's what they do. That's a little old school, isn't it? In terms of uh, we don't yeah. see that maybe in the modern NHL. Uh, you know, kind of the eye for an eye. No, that's a little old school, and it would have been <laughs> if that conversation had taken place and everyone else was well aware of it at the time, that would have been dealt with in a different way as well. Oh, there's Bones. And, um, <laughs> you know, like, what else is he going to say? But I will say this, Remo, that you can tell that those wins over Minnesota um, were incredibly important to Bones and Let's face it, if they weren't able to win that game, uh, I think the vibe might have been a little different around um, around the morning skate today. Um, but the way Cole Perfetti handled it was very quite admirable. And um, Rick Bonus knows his team is in uh, another area code right now than the Minnesota Wild, and uh, they'll have a chance to see them later on. And as we mentioned before, February 20th will be circled on many a calendar amongst Jet fans. Yeah, already looking at uh, securing tickets. I'm making plans to be in the building for that one. Um, you know, thinking again, thinking about just what kind of human you have to be to stick a guy in the face like that off a face-off. Uh, just gets me gets me very upset, Hustler. I would never do something like that. No. But uh, hey, it's the NHL. You can do, I guess, yeah, stick a guy in the face, get a 4K fine, nicely done, and. Uh, there's a comment from Rick Bonus. So, look, they're focused on winning. They got, they're got they not stooping to that level, and they're battling for the division and thinking about, hey, getting that banner that they should have got in uh, the 2018-19 season. And it would be pretty nice to see uh, Canada Life Center. But first up, you got Tampa tonight and the upcoming road trip. Nice dads 
trip, as we heard from Mike. So exciting times in Jets lands as, yes, as you mentioned, the calendar turned and we're in 2024 now, <laughs> not 2023. Well, uh, and you know what? I, I mean, listen, it's always great, you know, and I'm always the first one to mention if we're waking up and starting the show whether the Jets in first place, I'm going to mention it. Um, but again, there's a lot of runway to go. And I think even as we've seen as the Jets have played at this incredible clip, Colorado's right there. Dallas is right there. Um, but we get into February and into March, and we're having these same conversations. Um, there'll be a big push to uh, try and get first place because uh, I tell you, I'd definitely rather play probably one of the wildcard teams. Although Edmonton is an especially dangerous opponent, although that would be a really fun series. Um, as opposed to, I mean, Dallas is the one team that's given the Jets some fit so far this season in their two games, in their two meetings so far. Um, and obviously Colorado has some big time firepower. So uh, listen, if you make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're playing a really solid team no matter what. Right now, though, the Jets just need to uh, keep on building on all these wins. Let's check out the cool bet lines tonight. By the way, Lockshop returns tomorrow. You can check that out at noon over on the Edmonton Sports Talk channel. Um, tonight, we got the Bruins in Seabus to take on the Blue Jackets. Bruins minus 225 favorites. Really good one between the top two teams in the Met. Carolina at MSG to take on the Rangers. Rangers a minus 120 favorite. Caps and Penguins going at it in Pittsburgh. Minus 188 are the Penguins favorites. Uh, the Habs are in Dallas to take on the Stars. I don't say this too often, but go Habs, go. Uh, Dallas minus 287 favorites. That game I told you between the Flames and the Wild, that's a pick'em minus 108 on each side. The Predators are a big minus 290 favorite at home against the Blackhawks. Uh, we have the uh, Panthers and the Coyotes going at it tonight in Arizona at the Mullet. Uh, Panthers minus 168 favorites. The Islanders can do the Jets a favor if they can beat the Avalanches plus 146 underdogs. Uh, Colorado's minus 172. Philly and Edmonton go at it in uh, in um, northern Alberta. Oilers are minus 182 home favorite. Flyers have been great on the road this season. Don't sleep on them. All-Canadian matchup in Vancouver between the Sens and the Canucks. Canucks minus 158 favorites. And the Leafs and the Kings playing at Crypto. Minus 142 are the Kings favorites in that game. And wow, we've also got a game in the Shark Tank. The Red Wings in San Jose, Detroit, minus 180 favorites. The one game that I didn't mention is the Jets in Tampa. The Jets are minus 144 home favorites against Tampa. Uh, let's see some goal scorers tonight. What do we got? We got Kucherov as the number one on the list at plus 125. Braden Point, plus 162. Shifley, plus 168. Ehlers, plus 180. Velarde, plus 195. But I mentioned Nikolai Ehlers because we do have our first WST parlay of the year in the Cool Bet exclusives. Um, Jets to win in the money line. They can win in regulation. They can win in a shootout. They can win in overtime. The Jets just need to win. Nikolai Ehlers to score. And Josh Morrissey to record an assist. Plus 490 with the boost from the Cool Bet boys there. So, uh I don't know. I got a feeling. I think Ehlers uh, starts the starts the year off in a much different fashion than he started the season off. Uh, to start the season, he was out of the lineup. Uh, but right now, Remo, um, I think this line gets back on tonight uh, against a great challenge in the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Yeah, I was leaning towards them as well. You know, they didn't score on the weekend. It was uh, the bottom lines. And you look at this Tampa defense tonight. Us, they're missing a couple guys. Uh, they're actually missing one guy. They're only playing, what, 5D here. So uh, no Sergachev led by Hedman. Curious what his minutes are going to be. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is Take the over on Hedman, whatever that is. Perbix, Dehan, Radish, and Philip Myers. Only only dressing five D. So I thought, you know, this might be a letdown game for the Jets back on the road, you know, back at home for one before heading out. You had the emotional back to back. I don't know. Maybe I'm cha- I'm my tune has been changed. So they're minus one four three favorite. So uh, I do like that. T- I want to say, you know, that top line, you know, they can play power play, so they have good chance to score, but the Jets' power play has not been scoring, so I don't know if that really matters, but uh, I still would look at Velarde, e- Ehlers, Shafley to score if you're picking a, a goal scorer, although Nino, yeah. Nino had decent odds for a guy who's been filling the net too. Well, for sure. Anyways, I'm riding with Ehlers tonight. Ehlers a goal, Morsi assists, Jets to win. That's boosted to plus 490. Winnipeg Sports Talk parlay. In the cool bet exclusives and uh, plenty to sprinkle on tonight in a massive slate of games in the NHL. Use the promo code WST if you haven't before um, on your first deposit, and we'll give you a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks um, for uh, using WST. Um, all right, couple things that we need to get to, but with Jesus, 317. And again, you said we could talk for four or five hours today. That is true. But we do want to get these podcasts up so people can listen before the game tonight. Uh, but RIP to Team Canada this morning at the World Juniors. Bounced in the quarterfinals. So there will be no three-peat. There will be no medal for Canada. I think the expectations for this team were uh, muted a, a little bit, although a lot of Canadians just expect gold every time uh, the red and white gets out there. Uh, we knew the Americans were the favorite. Sweden had a really strong team. Um, and unfortunately, they just didn't have that firepower. Battled back from early 2-0 lead, but gave up that, I mean, a heartbreaking goal off the defenseman with 11 seconds left in regulation. And that's it for Canada. So Jet fans can focus on Rucker McGrory at a hat-trick on the weekend, I believe scored earlier today as well, and Elias Salmonson on Sweden. And uh, I'm hoping for USA uh, USA-Sweden final so we can see both of those guys go head-to-head. Yeah, team, team USA has been the team of uh, Winnipeg. Here in the World Juniors following Rutger, who's having a great tournament after not playing for so long because of the injury that he suffered uh, while playing with Michigan. So disappointing, uh, almost a shocking finish there. The dying seconds for Canada to lose. But uh, these these other teams says they're pretty good too. And uh, we'll see what how Canada responds and comes back next year. But certainly a, a tough one. And you know the, who I really think of in this time, Huss, is the executives at TSN and what the ratings going to be now that Canada's not in the gold gold medal game. That's who I really feel sorry for. Not for the Canadian hockey fans who uh, live and die with the World Jays. No, uh, listen, we won't shed a tear for anybody <laughs> in any of those offices in downtown Toronto, but uh, hey, it would have been great to see our Canadians move on, but yes. unfortunately they lose to the Czechs 3-2. There were a couple of other thrillers. I mean, USA smoked Latvia 7-2, but the other two games went to OT. Finland beat the Slovaks 4-3 in overtime, and the Swedes had to go to overtime to beat Switzerland in the uh, in the quarterfinals as well. Now, I don't see, do we have, I'm trying to see on TSN, you know, for a state, for the fact that they've got this big world junior schedule 
on the front, you think now that these games are done, they might have the schedule for the quarterfinals or for the semifinals. Uh, we don't have that up, but um, those will be uh, obviously the semis yeah. and the gold medal game. Do we know who it is? Do you have? Well, did, I don't know if you heard. Like we're doing the show, so we're not watching. But there was a very controversial penalty call on a Swiss player who gave like a half-hearted slash after a whistle on a Swedish player and got called for a penalty in overtime. And that was the OT and, and power play winner. Yeah, Mike Johnson apparently uh, went off on the broadcast as well, and you know we saw officiating. We saw officiating in sorry um, in the Jets Wild series, you know, play a factor. Officiating in the Saturday night Cowboys Lions, we didn't even touch on any NFL here, play a factor, and uh, officiating. I think the story in this one helping out the home team Sweden. Uh, so if you want to hear this? Want to play the? Should I play the audio of this Mike Johnson call? Or his reaction. Sure. You want to sure, hear this? Sure. If, if you have it, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm it. not going to play the audio. I mean the video, but here's the audio uh, of the call. So Miley's number twenty-eight. Oh my goodness! You you cannot you cannot call that a spearing major. He shoved him. That is not a spear. That is a poke at best. That is, you can't call, like, given what they have not called in the last five minutes, you cannot call this. You, that, this is not a spear. So, <laughs> so there's Mike Johnson reacting to an overtime penalty at the World Juniors. Oh, okay, well, um, <laughs> the uh, IIHF doesn't have the uh, the matchups up there yet. We'll know them tomorrow, <clears throat> and we'll talk about it here on the program. But uh, Jet fans can focus in on Elias Salmonson and Rucker McGrory with Sweden who were the benefits of a very sketchy call, apparently, according to Mike Johnson, uh, as um, and, uh, of course, the uh, Americans who rolled over the Latvians. And Rucker's looking like he's back. Uh, hat-trick uh, over earlier in the weekend, a goal today. Um, gold medal game will go 12.30 on Friday, uh, so we can kind of have a little watch-along party here on WST while we do the show in between jet games in San Jose and Anaheim. Um, you know what, as I said, we'll talk, we'll get into NFL tomorrow on the program. Maybe we'll have Connor jump on and we can do another little round table as we normally do on Mondays. There was just so much to get to today. And obviously we had that other content out for you yesterday on the program. But speaking of the world juniors, a big congratulations to Dennis Bayak who called his final game today in his incredible career. We'll look forward to having Dennis on at some point once he gets back to Canada uh, but Jet fans know what an incredible guy and broadcaster Dennis is, so we wanted to congratulate him on finishing up over there overseas. Um, and uh, and we also need to give a big congratulations to a great friend of ours, Remo, and that's Dave Poulin. Um, big news out of Ottawa, Steve Stales, president of hockey operations, has named himself the GM, and Dave Poulin has been hired as the senior VP of hockey operations and Listen, we've had the pleasure of dealing with a ton of, you know, uh, people that have been involved in hockey. Uh, I can honestly tell you that there is no one that has been more supportive of us, of what we're doing, and has more t- had more time for us than Dave Poulin. Uh, to be honest, we would often pre-tape with Dave when he came on the program with us. And, Remo, I'm sure you'll agree. I mean, 
the best conversations often we'd have in a week would be that five or ten minutes just shooting it with Dave before we actually kind of got serious and got down to it. He is uh, an absolute gem of a guy, and I can tell you that uh, I'll be cheering for the Ottawa Senators in games, not against the Winnipeg Jets, just because of how much respect and appreciation I have for Dave. Yeah, big fan of Dave. He's always so generous with his time and coming on with us and yeah, reached out uh, You know, when things happened with us in March 2021. I did email him last night, congratulations congratulatory note he emailed back right away said uh, we'll chat this week but enjoyed my time with you guys so professional and always fun so uh, we'll miss his insight on the show but i'm you know hopefully ottawa can get it turned around here and uh you know get back towards the playoffs but uh, you know dave pretty knowledgeable at hockey and uh, you know worked in the front office with the maple leafs for many years and now he's with the ottawa centers so looking forward to seeing how, how that turns out for them yeah, you got it. Um, all right. So, anyways, yeah, we will talk about uh, and we'll we will get into some NFL tomorrow, going into the final week of the season. Although I'll finish with this, maybe the best thing I saw all weekend long was Calamari himself, Kyler Murray, rolling in to the link in Philly to play the Philadelphia Eagles, wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins Sidney Crosby jersey, and then winning and beating the Eagles, handing them a devastating loss. It looks like they're going to be fifth in the, they're going to be the five seed now, as long as Dallas takes care of business next week. Dallas got a huge break, um, thanks to the referees, um, with a blown call on a successful two-point convert that would have won the game for Detroit. But Kyler Murray, your troll troll game is number one and um that was a hell of a statement to make going into the stadium and it was a hell of a statement to make on the stadium listen uh great show today uh thanks to mike and jeff for jumping on thanks to everyone that's been with us this entire time if you haven't already please hit that thumbs up button we're looking for a big big number today we're at 269 we've still got well over 400 people in here so if you haven't already do us a favor hit that thumbs up button on your way out um if you want some more content from wst don't forget connor's jets this week is up as well as the best of bones 2023 leave a comment in uh, in both of them if you watch them on youtube that helps us out as well and uh, a huge thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Gang, happy new year to you all. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow. Look ahead to the big road trip coming up for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, much more tomorrow on WST. Join us live at 1 on YouTube. And uh, your podcast will be ready just around 3.30 in time for your drive home. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll see you tomorrow on WST. Happy New Year once again. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down! Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.